I'm Kyle Sparrow, the Eagle of the New England Free Jacks, and you're listening to the Jacks Rangers. Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I'm broadcasting from the beautiful Granite Outpost here in Manchester, New Hampshire. Welcome to the off-season part two. This episode and every episode is sponsored by our friends at Stormalong American Hard Cider. Stormalong Cider, real craft hard cider made in Massachusetts. All of their ciders are made with 100% high-quality, fresh-pressed, locally-sourced apples. Taste the Stormalong difference and get your hands on some today. Use promo code TG. J-R-S for 10% off of your first online order at their website, stormalong.com, or check out their locator to find a retailer near you. Anything important happen over the weekend? I was kind of out of pocket watching some baseball down there in Worcester. Anything important happen over the weekend? I don't think so. Let's talk about the lineup before we get too far in anything else. On this episode, we're going to have a big time episode, guys. This is a mega episode packed all into one. First up, we've got Scott Matthew, the head coach of the Free Jacks, the giant killer, was able to join us on a live last Thursday. We've got all of that audio here for you on the show. And then after that, we've got the off-season version of the Outriders with a new addition to the Outriders that you will hear on that segment. We're happy to bring in a fourth Outrider that will be in a reservist role throughout the upcoming season. So yeah, that's the lineup. Let's jump on those steeds. Saddle up, let's ride, huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I'm joined as always with my buddy Dave McVeigh, but we have a very special guest this time around. We've got the head coach of our Free Jacks, Scott Matthews. Scott, how the hell are you? Yeah, great, man. Uh, always a pleasure to be on the Jacks Rangers show. Um, yeah, good evening, boys. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, Tell us, you know, for the folks that may not have joined uh, or seen your appearance last time that you were on with us, give us a breakdown of your personal and rugby background, please. Yeah, so um, gee, I've played professional rugby uh, for about 12 years uh, in the UK, South Africa. Um, yeah, and then I, when I retired, I kind of took up coaching. Uh, I was a director of rugby at, a, at a quite a prominent school in South Africa for four years. And then I went assistant coach at the Greekers, which is a Curry Cup team. They're actually playing in the Curry Cup final this weekend, which is awesome. Um, Good luck to them. So I was assistant coach, and yes, exactly, and the head coach there for two years. Um, and then I uh, took over at the, the Free Jacks uh, beginning of uh, this year. So that's that's a pretty short uh, description of my, my bio there. <laughs> Appreciate that. You know, you were talking about how this is your first year in the league. What's your impression of Major League Rugby? Yeah, man, it's 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 a lot um, better than what you than what you think, uh, and I think that goes for players and coaches alike. Um, it's a really physical league. So it, it, it's, it's in areas it's probably might be lacking a little bit on the skill set side if you compare it to a, a Martha 10 in New Zealand or a Curry Cup, which is probably it's, um, you know, what it competes against really, but uh, really physical. Um, and I think all the players will attest to that. And I think it's also, it's, it's really interesting because you've got different mix of, of cultures. So you're getting coaches from Australia, coaches from South Africa, coaches from New Zealand, you know, you get all this blend of different ideas and thoughts. So it's, it's really interesting being a coach here, you know, because you're working with different players from different cultures and backgrounds, which is 
really different. I've loved it, but it's 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 different. It's different to coaching forty South Africans. Let me tell you. Um, and then plotting against guys from different uh, different parts of the world with different rugby philosophies. Mm-hmm. It makes for a really unique competition. You know, you don't get that anywhere else in the world. So it's been really awesome, and I've I've loved every moment of it. That's great that you've enjoyed it. Um, talk about your impressions of the United States of America. I mean, I think you'd been over here previously, but very briefly. Is that right? Uh, oh man, I was I was 12 years old and I went to Disney World. So <laughs> my impression of America then was just turkey legs and and Mickey right. Mouse, man. Yeah, um, how's that changed? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, America is massive. I think that's the first thing that you that people, you realize when you get here. It is so big. Uh, and just taking Boston for example, just driving here is is pretty crazy. Like ten miles takes you a lot longer than it would anywhere else in the world. That's right. Um, it's uh, it's it's really like it, for me. It, it, it's so, some stuff is like so like far ahead of everywhere else, and then so some stuff is like so far behind. It's really crazy, and I don't know how to explain it to anyone. I'm like, yeah. if, you, if you're down the South Shore in, in places, it's like, um, it can be like really old school. Like, I mean, really old school. And then you go into the middle of Boston, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm sipping on my th- in my third wave coffee spots, and I'm, you know, and then it's, it's, it's just crazy that. So I just think it's, a, it's very different depending where you are. And if you just go from different state to state, I can't get over the difference Oh, I yeah. mean, I'm really grateful that, I, that I'm in Boston. I mean, I walk around Boston, I think this place is so tidy and it's clean and it's nice. You step into New Orleans and, wow, I thought I was in Joburg. You know it's, I mean? the, it's the dirty south. It's the dirty well, south. Is what and Atlanta, it, so. Atlanta is huge and, it, and it's too, it's, I don't know, man. But I'm, I'm really grateful that I'm in New England and Boston. It just feels so much um I don't know, smoother and neater and just die like That's my impression. Um, I'll tell yeah. you, Scott, you know, as a born and raised Southerner, uh, I, I'm, I'm very happy to be in New England as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, awesome. Let's talk about what has been the biggest challenge so far. That, I mean, well, the season's over. So what has been the biggest challenge this season uh, for you with coaching this team? I mean, we see the record, right? It was stellar, fantastic year. But what was the mm-hmm. biggest challenge? I think just starting off it was probably just the unknown like i mean we went into that that nola game and dc game knowing absolutely we had no idea what to expect really you know we had done our, our homework and we'd seen a bit of the preseason games and a few games from last year but it doesn't prepare you for for what you can expect when you arrive there uh for what are the facilities going to be like what is um what are these players actually like if you're playing against like how is your squad going to adapt to to, to a three-week preseason which is so short you know um so there was a lot of unknowns for us uh i'm, I'm just grateful like you know that you know mark and i get on really well we see the game very like pretty much identically um tk has done a great job so we, we really had a good we put a lot of work in with the environment and putting things together pretty quickly but we had uh, that was probably the biggest thing, the unknown. Uh, then I guess the second thing was just was when we went on that run. I mean, no teams go on ten game winning runs. Uh, it's it's unheard of. I've never been involved in a side like that. Um, and trying to make sure that you know each week when we were on seven wins in a row and eight wins in a row, you, you know, you are just racking your brain to think how 
Do we make sure that these players are up for this next game? Or how do we get them on edge for this game? So that was a big challenge in the season. I mean, we did. I thought we did a pretty good job of it, but uh, it was it was a we were all in new territory there. If, if, if you know what I mean. So that was that was a pretty cool challenge to take on. And probably the last one is just uh, dealing with um, different player groups and cultures. You know, you're so used to one, and that goes for myself and my kids. You know, we're both used to the New Zealand or South African, and they're very different. And, and the players are are fairly similar in that ilk. They've, they've been coached and taught in the same way uh, from a young age. So they respond similarly, they act similarly, if you know what I mean. And then you've got, you throw the American guys in there, Australian, and Englishman, and, and, and you've got to find your way a bit, you know, and you, it's, uh, that, that's been a great challenge. And I, I think it's been an awesome challenge. And I think the, um, I think we all pretty much uh, have learned and stepped up in, in different areas in regards to that day. Absolutely. Um... Let me ask you about this. You know, obviously it's been a heartbreaker for the Rangers to see our Jacks lose to our arch rival in the playoffs, but a 13-4 and record overall is really impressive. How do you gauge this first season in charge? Are you happy with it? Oh, man, I'm, I'm definitely happy. Like, after, after, the week, after the weekend's game, I was pretty quiet for a couple of days because, like, you know, you, you're definitely disappointed, and, and even so, I like I'll, I'll, I'll probably sit in a couple of weeks' time and still be angry or upset about things. Um, but you got to view it in context, man. I, I think if, if we had to look at the, at the before the season and say, you know, this is what's going to happen, or you're going to be 13 and three, I think anyone would have bitten your arm off, you know, including myself. Yeah. First year in a place, first time working with other uh, with a different coaching staff. Um, the, it, it's it, it, and from that aspect, really great, great start, you know. And I just felt I think I, I mentioned in, a, in, a, in one of the social media today. I just felt like that game for us was probably just a year too soon, or a, you know what I mean. Uh, I just yeah. we, we, you got to build that type of uh, experience and composure uh, yeah. in, in your in your teams, and we kind of just. You know, started the ball rolling, and all of a sudden we got these wins, and we just we just kept uh, kept going. And I've always felt, probably this year, we were always punching a little bit above our weight. You know, that doesn't mean take anything away from the team and how effective and how, how great we were, but I think that's what we were. We were effective, and our whole plan this year uh, going into it was to be effective. Um, and that means that you know the the elaborate stuff and the things that you kind of want to you go from effective to uh, probably a little bit more progressive in year two and then from progressive you could take it to like total type of rugby in, in year three if, if you're looking at a, a trajectory um, and that was always the plan so it was, there's never been a one-year plan or, or you know I think teams like you're probably saying New York have usually one-year plans and it's worked out for them that's a different route but we're not we're not going that route so we, we, we're really in for, for, for a longer haul so we've got a trajectory and a process that we want to follow that by year three we are consistently challenging for the for, for, for top honors. Um, so year one is probably too soon. I mean, it would have it worked out well, and I thought, geez, we've had a great opportunity here. But um, we just got to view it in that perspective, man. Like we've grown some players massively. We've we've developed a lot of fight in the side. We've we've, we've gone through some pain now, mm -hmm. and you know you, you only get to experience real joy once you've gone through some real pain. Eh? So absolutely. Uh, that's a great way to put it. You know, uh, we had uh, your buddy uh, Mike Rogers on here last week, and he was talking about this. Like, this is not just a one-year, one-and-done situation. We're trying to build something 
consistently and, and my expectations was, you know, just get your ass in the playoffs and we'll see what happens. So the Free Jacks, you know, have met my expectations. It just sucks to lose the arch rival, right, uh, in the conference final. So uh, that's going to stick with Free Jacks fans uh, for a while, uh, yeah. at least for this long offseason. But uh, it is what it is. Let's, I mean, you're talking about long-term stuff. I mean, can you tell us about your future plans? Uh, your intention is to stay here. Yeah, yeah. So, I, like, I signed a three-year contract, man, So when, when I started. So that's your season one done. Um, we've obviously got a big off-season now where we've got to get our uh, recruiting right. And, you know, the, the aim is, you see, if, you, if you're going to um, prepare a team over, you know, take them through a couple of years, you have to have a lot of... Um, cohesion if you want to be successful which means right. you need to retain a large amount of your squad um and mm -hmm. the mlr that's it's very difficult it's it's a, it's a, it's a tough because you can't contract guys for a full year which which makes right. it a lot a lot harder and especially when guys go back to market 10 cup in new zealand and then they might go get a super rugby contract or whatever it is it, yes. it's, it's also obviously tough um but that's that's the aim you know we really want to retain you know, 70, 80% of our squad. We know if we can do that, we will uh, develop a lot more cohesion in our team, which ultimately allows players to know each other better and perform better. And you just can build and layer on from year one to year two. You don't have to start all the way at the beginning again, you know? Right. So when we talk when we talk about being effective in, in year one, now all of a sudden we can, we can be a little bit progressive. So we can go, sure. well, we're not just box kicking all the time from nine. We can actually vary our kicking game. We can actually yeah. maybe play one or two more phases in our half. And that's all planned. It's not like we, we still, you know, we knew we were going to be this in year one. It's going to be a little bit more regimented. We're going to not play too much over here. And, and that's because it's, it's, if we did, I think with the, the squad understanding and squad that we had, uh, we probably weren't going to be as effective as, as we were. So now we've got to find the balance of, of being effective, but also adding a little bit onto it and not adding too much. Otherwise, we're going to be, you know, too loose and then you're going to probably go back to not being effective. So that's, that's, that's the big challenge, you know, that we've got to try and... Uh, try yeah, it sounds uh, like a balancing act for sure. I mean, you know, we are aware of some of the, the core Free Jacks, their contracts are up. I mean, not naming any names. I mean, do you feel confident in, in some of these free agents, uh, you know, retaining some of these guys? Yeah, and I, th I think that that speaks a lot to the, the actual environment. Like, well, you know, part of our, our three core values is fun, and we've we've had a lot of fun this year, man. And and I think I think people get to see that, and and, and people want to come back. So all our conversations, you know, there's no guy going, "Well, I don't want to come back." The, the, of course they do because it's 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 a great great time. You know, yeah. you're enjoying yourself, but you're also working. It's an anxious, free environment. But we work really hard. We're really competitive. Uh, our training sessions are on edge. You know, you know what I mean. But we try and create as much fun and learn, and, and a really great a learning environment ar around all of that. Because you know, I've been, I've been in most of my playing career. I was in high anxious environments, and mm. I didn't enjoy it. You know, it's the reason why I wanted to bail out of rugby. Probably, you know, I think I was about twenty-eight. I retired when I was thirty-one. Um, so the environments we we're trying to create is actually one that I would have loved to have played in because I know that right. I would have I would have really been inspired to continue my career to play better to engage more to be more creative and so yeah so that's that's kind of the the path we're going down um, yeah so I, I really I, with the conversation with the guys really good conversations I, I'm I'm really confident we can get 
a good a good few of these guys back you know barring barring these guys going to greater honors you know we can't then we say well done awesome this is a great product uh, advert for the free jacks you know we, we've got to understand that you know of course, yes. Um, my final question for now before I get you over to Dave is, uh, what is your favorite and least favorite part of living slash working in New England? <laughs> my favorite and least favorite. Ah, okay. Um, favorite New England thing is, man, I have, I, I love, uh, Mark Rogers uh, has got me onto the RPAs and it, <laughs> It's becoming, I oh, wasn't a problem. That makes me sound like an alky, but um, it's awesome. And I took a trip up to Vermont and uh, just, I was amazed about some of these, these places. And now I'm into the RPAs and it's, 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 it's just, it's, it's good news, but it's bad news. Eh? <laughs> I'll tell you what, Scott, I would recommend the uh, Storm Along American Heart Cider. If you like um, IPAs, this actually has hops in it, so I highly recommend the Light of the Sun here. Nice. I'm a big fan of Storm Along, by the way. They're Excellent. they straight-up uh, cider that they had going out in the beginning, on with the red on the yes, front. Yes, the unfiltered, right. yes, sir. Love that. Um, and then the worst thing was probably, and I've got to say it, and every probably person would go, oh, but it comes to the, it's, it's part of the territory and it's why you love summer so much here, is that that winter was <laughs> insane. You all yeah. arrived insane. in the worst part of a particularly bad winter too. Yeah. So it's just sure. always going to be there indelibly but, on your mind. But I can't get over how amazing the weather is now. It's like a different city. Even, the, even, the, even the people... Yeah. who are not the friendliest are way more friendlier and and more willing to say, to engage and yes. i find that with bostonians too which i think is awesome like they they're like no, they don't take any they don't take shit you know like ah, yeah. Yeah. but as soon as you as soon as you a little bit of as soon as you get into the, them a little bit all of a sudden it's like hey man you need you need to you need to stop talking you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, i'm beginning to get a good feel for the people yeah i'm actually yeah i really really enjoying it very good all right i always like the description of bostonians as they're they're kind but they're not nice they won't be nice to you there's no politeness <laughs> there's no small talk you know if you're lost they'll give you directions and then they'll you know tell you where to stick them it's, it's amazing like when you get it when you go to la and you go to like i just remember going to in and out burger there and the person behind the counter was like, "Hey, what's going on? How you doing? And give welcome." I was like, "Whoa, okay, oh, too much." Um, but I'll have the burger and fries. If you go in any any place, yeah, it's like, "What you having?" I'm like, "Yeah, uh, okay." It's a business <laughs> trade. Yeah, but it's it's all good. Love they it. don't mean it really. They're, they're soft beat on the inside. Eh? That's right. Yeah, they'll still dig you out of the snow, or you know, jumpstart exactly. your car, all that stuff. They take care of each other, but uh, they don't smile while they do it. Yeah. Um, so you talked already about some of the challenges uh, coming to the MLR and taking over a team after just its first season. Uh, but what was one of the things that was a pleasant surprise about the Free Jacks, either the players, the organization, somewhere where maybe you had to put in less work than you had anticipated that, that was really working well when you got here? And I think... Um... A big thing is uh, the effectiveness and hard working nature of Tom Kindly um, has made a big difference. So when I was at the Greek was like 
you you won't believe the amount of work it takes to just do the, all the recruitment and all the contracting on your own. Um, and I'm talking, you know, that's hours of just video footage, but then also having to do all the dot the you know dot the r's cross the t's all that type of stuff to get the deals over the line and when you have a guy like tk who understands the market show really well and understands how all these contracts work because the contracting model here is different to anywhere else in the world yeah so when you sign a contract if you're anywhere else you're in if they want to get rid of you you're one of year four of a year four contract they pay you out the other three years you know what i mean yeah it's like uh, cheers, mate. Uh, we'll pack your bags. You know, you know, I mean? it's very different. So, you, and oh, the wow. same thing in the MLR, you can, you get to, you can trade. So, oh no, this guy's not working. I will trade into that place. So, you know, a player can rock up in the next morning, and it's like, mate, we've traded you to this place, and that's where your rights are now. You know, it's very different to anywhere else in the world. So, not understanding that, but then having someone who does. Uh, made it really, really easy. So you know, we can just focus on the on the player recruitment side of things, which player will fit us best, and then all that nitty gritty can actually get done uh, gets done by TK. So that was a massive, uh, massive uh, help, um, I think. And he continues to do a fabulous job with that. So I think we're really we're really blessed to have um, you know one of the you know the top GM I reckon in, in, in the in this league guy that's really on point with that. So it's awesome. We like to call him the secret weapon around here because he gets he gets so much done and he brings in so so many quality uh, players and coaches. You know, as fans, we feel a little bit spoiled. Exactly. Well, I, th- I think that's where we have a real um, one-up, you know, on a lot of teams is that he's got a great understanding of the market here. Uh, Mark's got a great understanding of the New Zealand market and I'm just under the radar market, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and, and myself with South Africa. So, you know, we cover three really – vital areas when it comes to recruitment if you know what i mean right and that's covering not just like the dollars and cents business side but i would guess also the rugby culture side you know knowing how the leagues and advancement and and academy systems work in all those different places makes a big difference exactly but also you you get a good feel feel and after these players and if they'll work uh in our team and and also knowing enough coaches and people from those places that can give you a good character reference, because uh, that's probably some of the things that you don't know if you don't know a player. You know, you need to have the, the connections there that can go. You know what, this guy, you know, he's got the grit that you want. You know, he's got that that nature that you're looking for. Because um, that's the that's that is the hardest part is just making sure that they've got that little character stuff that that we need. You know, absolutely. I forgot what your whole question was now, but I hope. I'll oh, this you know, this that. is the ideal. Yeah. We want to yeah. forget the question, just yeah. you know, awesome. chew the cud. Um, you talked earlier about effectiveness being a big goal for the first season. So, what is mm. one thing offensively and one thing defensively that you felt that you were really effective in, where you established that effectiveness and you're going to build on that moving forward? Yeah. So, so defensively, uh, Marky did a great job of really getting our line speed going and, and putting teams under pressure and forcing skill errors. So <clears throat> I felt uh, we're, we were great with that. I think we uh, consistently got off the line yeah. hard. I think we consistently put teams under pressure in that department and, and got turnovers. I think we look, I think there's, there's, there's room for improvement definitely, but she, we did a good job of that this year. You know, that's, that's always going to be uh, our bread and butter. You know, it's, it's, it's part of our game model uh, is our defense and what it can do for us 
in terms of the other side of the ball, how it influences our attack, how it influences our, uh, you know, our kicking game and broken play stuff. So that was really a key component for us being successful. And we knew it going into the season, and it was great to see it come to uh, fruition, which is awesome. Um, I think attack-wise, what I thought went, went, went well this year uh, was we were pretty good in our first three phases from lineouts. We had a lot of uh, special plays, thing that, things that uh, worked well for us. We had a good record uh, when it comes to tries scored within that. Um, <clears throat> we were also, I think the area that we need to improve in is phase pressure. So I thought we did a decent job of that at times. Um, but it's an area that I'm hoping that we can really get better at. You know, there's, there's times, I think sometimes attack can be uh, slightly overrated in phase play, you know, it's uh, because teams obviously get set off the three phases and then it's a lot harder to break them down. You're more likely to concede a penalty or concede uh, points, if you will, um, after if you're the defense, if you're the attacking team, you know. So it's a, it's a lot of it's got to do with phase pressure and applying pressure, getting a penalty or forcing a team to, um, you know, give up some yards so that you can actually get into them, you know. But it's very difficult after three phases. So really happy that we got our, uh, a lot of our first few phases right. Um, can it improve? Most definitely. I think there's room for improvement there. But it was it was nice to see that we we got a lot of uh, points and tries from that in that in that area. Excellent. Um, fans have really taken to some of the new additions to the team, uh, back row, the centers especially. And uh, LaRue Milan and Wayne Vanderbank have just been standout players this season. Can you talk a little bit about how or what makes them such an effective center pair? Um, because I think fans, for us, I know on the show, we talked about them being a big question mark just because we were unfamiliar with them as players and didn't know what to expect. And they came in and just kind of blew our socks off. Um, so what is it about them that makes them such, so special? Because for my money, I would say, you know, Bodine Waka aside, they were probably the most consistent performers on the team. Yeah. Um, just week in, week out. I mean, starting every every week just about and always putting in a really good game. Yeah, I think... Like I, I had no doubt um, when I got those two boys that, like we got we got really two great like great under the radar players, man. Like Larue and Milan, I was trying I had been trying to get a Greek was uh, for our Curry Cup, and yet obviously he was probably the stand up performer in the Varsity Cup in South Africa. But just because he is, he's kind of your all singing, all dancing centre, so he's. he's he carries the ball really well. He uh, he can distribute. He uh, he's got work rates beyond compare. And I think as at the Free Jacks, we need centers that work really really hard. You know, if we're going to get off the line and we're going to get high, hard defense, you need centers that are busting their ass back onto the open side to give us more width to get off the line again. Uh, and that's what he's got in abundance. Uh, and he's also got a great left foot. You know, he probably didn't use it as much as he wanted this year, but um, there's just a lot there that that can work with, and as you said, he's consistently doing that every single time, consistent in training. Um, so I was really excited. I didn't get him at Greekwas. Um, he was uh, happy in Cape Town, and there was other there was other reasons. But I knew like this, Larue would like Boston, so I think I could get that across the line. Um, Wayne Vanderbank uh, for me is is uh, also uh, he's he's got similar traits in the sense that. 
His work rate is, is immense. He's got great tackle fight. I think that's what you get from Wayne. Like yes. he, he's just he, you look at him and you think, oh man, this like, how does he dominate collisions? And he does. Then he gets a handoff. He dominates collisions. He dominates defensive collisions, which is a really strong uh, player. And he's got he's got a, a really good acceleration. So a lot of those line breaks you see him uh, popping in on the inside uh, of defenders. Um, good tackle fight, and, he, and he's a competitor, man. So. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest thing with those two. They 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 just out and out competitors, and I think when you've got good guys who are like that, they're just going to give you consistent performances every week, man. So I agree with you. I think that I think they've done a great job. And look, they're both South African guys, so they kind of they they speak the same language. They there's got this there's a connection there. If you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Well, it's been fun to watch them click this season. So I'm really looking forward to to seeing what the future brings. Because oh, awesome. Uh, yeah, their performances have been really fun. Um, like you said, the tackle fight of of Vanderbank really it makes it. Anytime he carries into contact, it's electric because you know he could just beat that guy and then beat the next guy and then yeah. beat the next guy, and he turns what could have been you know a three defender tackle. He defeats each guy one on one. You know, isolates them and beats them, and it's it's just so much fun to watch. Um. Coach Rogers, when he was on, got a chance to brag about the forwards a little bit, especially <laughs> talked up the you know the local guys, uh, players like JJ and Joe, who've been really patient about getting chances. So this mm. is your turn now to bag about uh, brag about the the backs. Who stands out that fans might not have gotten a chance to see, um, you know, week in week out? Who are the guys putting the real hard hours in and training? You know, mm. this is this is your brag, your brag opportunity. I think um, we got a glimpse of the one uh, guy, Zachary Bestres, uh, in the one game. I mean, he, it was his first start, and you know he was climbing up in the sky and taking all sorts of kicks. Uh, and I think there's a there's a lot of uh, there's, there's a big future ahead of him. He's, he's obviously our fastest player, uh, but he's physical. Uh, he's really good in the air. He works really hard. So I, I think um, there's more to come from him, which is which is really exciting. Uh, I think we can get really excited about him. Um, so for me, he's probably the one guy that that people won't know too much about if they haven't watched every single game. Um, yeah, and then for just like a guy, like, I know he plays a week in and week out, but he's so underrated. I feel as John Poland, you know. Yeah. Um, especially for our, how we play our game and his, his effectiveness of his box kicks and just his stability there and. Just old schoolness, you know. I think he's been really great this year. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, I, I just got to, you know, dig him up a little bit because he's, he's done a fantastic job this year. But uh, Zach Bestrius for me would be would be that that guy that we'll probably look at and go, geez, well, we haven't seen enough, but what we saw, we liked. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he was electric. It was funny because we're obviously we're not at every training we don't yeah. get you know the data to see who is uh, unquestionably the fastest and we figured it out just from talking to players the way they were talking about zach we were like this guy he's got to be smoking everybody at, at training like everybody just seemed like hands down zach's the fastest it's not even you know much of an argument yeah, man he was so. he was cooking bro. he like when he caught the ball it was like <laughs> the, the nick he's nicknamed the puma so 
I mean, the, the thing is, just to see his improvement from day one to, to now has just been remarkable. I mean, when he first started, it was like he was getting himself in position for awesome intercepts, but then just not catching them or mm. getting up, you know, just getting up in the sky, but just not timing it right. There's was, there was just a lot of these things, but I can't tell you how much he's improved in like three months he was start, that he got that start and yeah. he, he was awesome, you know. Um, so his stuff will just, is just really about game understanding about defensive roles as a wing and you know, your work, how you work off your wing and those, those things. But I mean, that's far removed from where he first started. So it's really exciting with the development day. That's, that's great. And yeah. he's one of a lot of players who have developed a lot this year, um, which is really promising. Obviously, yeah. that's something that American fans get excited about is to see the that it it confirms what a lot of American club rugby players and university players have felt for a long time that there are athletes out there who mm. are in American systems, you know, in college, you know, coming out of college like Zach, yeah. who have the athleticism. And what they're missing is the opportunity to practice consistently at a really high level to get the coaching that they're missing on those things that, you know, I mean, a lot of rugby players in the U.S. are functionally self-taught. You know, you get a little bit of coaching a couple times a week at practice, but even that is minimal. It's just crazy, man, because they're also not playing a lot of rugby. So, I mean, that's where you get your most uh, improvement from. And these guys are not playing enough rugby, you know, when when they're away from this. But, I mean, you look at Eagle. You look at um, uh, Cam, these guys that have that have come through just and improved dramatically in, in uh, the time that I've been there. And so it's just exciting to see what, what's going to happen in year two, you know, what's going to happen in year three. Uh, these are exciting things. And I, like I, I was really, I thought Bodine had a massive improvement of a season just yeah. because his game management and his kicking game, all of a sudden he became a fly half because... He's now he can kick the ball eighty percent of the times over the poles. He can he can knock up a contestable. He can kick long. I mean, those are things that I think in the, back in his sevens days and things he, he probably wouldn't have done. Um, yeah. So all these little improvements, I feel that we are making in, in all positions, whether they foreigners or they're the new young uh, young domestic guys. I think is uh, really reflects well on the organisation and um, you know just what we're getting done at the moment. Yeah, well, we we appreciate it, and it's it's really enjoyable to watch uh, from the sidelines. You mentioned well, was... recruiting being a big part of your off season coming up. What else is on your radar? I'm sure that'll take up a lot of your time. Um, are you are you're on a year year round contract? Is that right? So you're staying yeah. in the area, and what do you? I know there's some clinics planned over the summer. Some of the um, Youth ID camps uh, moving back now that the season's done yeah. and we've moved beyond COVID protocol stuff. Can they get back into the New England environment and and do some of those camps? Right. Yeah, man. So we got we got a whole lot of youth camps coming up, especially over July. Um, I guess when it all happens, uh, we've got um, with under 18s in the uh, we pick an under 18 team that happens. They they got trials this uh, last set of trials on Saturday and they head off to Pennsylvania for four days to compete. Um, we, we, we're trying to get get a, a coaching like seminar thing going. So there's just a whole lot of things that pop on there. All the all the little talent IDs and the and the coaching clinics for the kids are all set up throughout July, um, and that that's from youth rugby with guys that you know haven't played before but want to check out the game. That's under 16s that are playing the game, but you know 
come to camp and, and so on and so forth. So that's all happening in July and a bit of August, um, alongside obviously all the all the important recruit everything's important, but the important recruiting work for the for next season. Yeah. Um, that's going to take up a bit of time, and then uh, I'm, I'm probably heading back for for a little a little break holiday with the missus back home just to see family, and then I'm back in uh, be back September, and we get into it and try and get a get all our local boys um, into a into a bit of a camp before Christmas, you know. Yeah, excellent. Sounds sounds busy, but and, and we're moving. We're moving also. You know, we're moving to our, the, the new level of the of the the bank of america building you oh know? So excellent that's, uh, so that's all happening too so we've got to navigate that move and make sure that's all set up it's, it's an, i mean this year i was so happy with where we're where we're at but when we see the, the venue downstairs man i'm excited man it's, uh, it's next yeah. level for fans who may not know the organization <laughs> has been um they've had really good we got we were fortunate enough to get a tour so the mm-hmm. facilities are great there um, but they were actually only temporary, and the organization has been building out the bottom floor to be kind of an all-in-one yeah. uh, location for the team. So that's going to be ready, and you guys will be moving in this off-season. That sounds very exciting. Yeah. So, exactly. So there'll be a lot of work involved with that, but that's that's all exciting stuff. Eh? Great. Um, I just have fun stuff left. Uh, awesome. Goofy, goofy party question, and then a little South Africa Wales question for you. No, no worries. Um, <laughs> Uh, so you're having a house party you gotta you gotta put some people from the team you know gotta assign them to roles so so they can be players or staff sure uh who's on the grill who's you know who's in charge Mm. of food who's on the bar making the drinks pick planning the menu whatever that means maybe it's just you know packing the cooler maybe it's somebody doing a full mixologist act who's the music act like who's on the turntables um, and who's the guy who's working the door and busting heads if people get out of control? Sure. Um, on the grill, uh, has to be Peter Janssen. We, we recently did a come down with me experience at the Free Jacks. So each one of the houses where the boys at had a, had a come down with me experience where coaches were invited and the whole spread was put on. But he's definitely the brow master. Probably, um, and whilst he's browing, Eric the Yoga just supervising. Excellent. It's um, <laughs> good. You got to have a form in there, yeah. you know, just to make sure that everything's in spec. Well, I think the South African boys on the grill, um, on the decks, oh, you probably have to have DJ Boogie, you know. So Jesse Parity on the on, on, on the on, on the DJ set. Um, although it could it could be argued that Hugo Flynn um, playing the guitar might be a might be another option. Um, <laughs> I like but, it. Uh, Depends on the mood you need, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, what what's next? Um, Your security bar. man at the door. Okay, the bar. I'm, I'm a bit hesitant because I'm worried. That I don't want my barman drinking all our drinks. So, so he needs to be a. a, a I probably have Wayne Vanderbank at the bar. He, he he doesn't drink, so I know that it's going to be what runs smoothly. There's going to be no. Uh, Funds missing or, or booze missing at the end of the night. So that's, safe and sound. That's the path everyone, of wisdom, I feel. Everyone at the party gets to drink. <laughs> um, except them. Uh, and then uh, at the door, John Conradi, the bus. <laughs> Immovable it. object. 
<laughs> yeah, who's gonna who's gonna mess with that, right? No, nah, Silent Assassin doesn't say anything either, which makes it even more scary. <laughs> just checks your ID and nods or shakes his head. That's it. Yeah, and if he shakes his head, you just just calmly turn around and walk away. <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't laugh. You don't try to sneak by. Those are bad. Nah. That's a bad move. Yeah, that's gonna end horribly. <laughs> Yeah, I almost I almost got one, uh, jumped by two bouncers once in Sterling, Scotland, of all places, because I they wouldn't let me in because of the shorts I was wearing. I was wearing like basketball shorts, and I didn't yeah. know that in the UK that's a big chav culture thing. <laughs> and they they took one look at my shorts and they were like, "No, you can't come in." And I honestly thought they were joking because I was like, "Sure, this sh- whatever." <laughs> and they closed ranks and were just about to put me on my ass before I backpedaled real quick and said okay i get it sorry my bad i'll go to a different restaurant yes yeah it's always fun um all right so for fans who don't follow international rugby wales are headed down to south africa this summer for the july tests uh south africa obviously the number one team in world rugby are you able to follow south african rugby closely still here from the states are you a pretty big south africa fan and if so any predictions or connections to that south africa side oh man i i, I love watching the box eh? like um it's, it's, it's some of the times where i can just sit and watch as a fan and just yell at the tv you know uh but i, I guess that the hard part is man i've been i've been struggling to watch the urc which is really they got the gallagher premiership on peacock and they've got uh I think the French league or whatever it is, but the URC they don't, so you have to subscribe to it. So it's been like, oh, you know, obviously Storm has won it this year, which was awesome. So I didn't get to watch any of that. No. The Curry Cup, I don't know how to watch the Curry Cup. I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out, which is pretty frustrating. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that these tests are going to be on because I need to watch it. The full crowds are allowed back in South Africa now, so. Oh, the first Wales test, I think, is, is 2nd of July or something like that. So I think that's right, yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be exciting, man. I, I can't wait. I think with the, the guys there, uh, she, she's in the squad. Oh, there's, a, there's, I mean, there's a few of those those players that I've crossed paths with. They, um, we didn't get too many box coming through the, the Greek Wiz ranks yet. They're still on the fringe, yeah. the one or two that are in there. Um, but uh, all those players, there's some of the older boys that... I actually might have even played with us, so uh, it's, 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 it's good, to, good to see them cracking on. I'm excited for the box at the, at the moment. I think there's so much depth, uh, especially in the loose forward position in the pack there. That's, that's where it all happens. So uh, I think that it's going to be a, a, good, a good start this year for, for the box. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. They've, they've Obviously, I'm a forward fan, so they've been one of my mm-hmm. favorite teams forever just based on their – just the, the variety of rugby they play I've always found really enjoyable to watch and how much control oh my, their it, pack it, can bring to a rugby match. It's just not going to change either. Like you, when you coach in the Curry Cup there, like you best be knowing that you need you need to be able to stop them all and you need them all and your scrum needs to function. Because if it doesn't, you are not winning any rugby games. Uh, yeah. And like the refs also clued up around it. It's like all the detail in the mauling, like when it comes to like, the penalties like at the malls in the NMLR is is not at the same level as the, the ARs. They are like putting their, their, their flags out, lifting of legs, or this, they're coming with real detailed stuff because it's such yeah. a, it happens all the time in South Africa, you know. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. Eh? 
you got to love it. I know people don't really, there's a lot of people that are watching rugby first time and they're like, oh, the scrum, what's going on to the mall? But I don't know. I'm a backs coach, but I love that shit. Eh? Uh, that's a little bit of brutality and just physical force. You know, as a forward, if you get scrummed, there's nothing more demoralizing on, yeah, on it's, earth. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah, it, it's a long day. I always... And you always feel for for anybody who's getting getting popped up or or, or this, it's, it's a it's a tough day in the. I mean, in addition to the obvious safety concerns, you know, if you're beaten there physically, you know, it's it's it can get dangerous. But on top of that, it's it's just so emotionally devastating mm-hmm. to go in there and pack down time after time when you know. But the, that's the thing, and you've just alluded to it. It's a tough day at the office. It's not a tough scrum at the office. It, it, when you're not, when you are not as good as other team at scrumming or mauling, it, it, it's a whole day. Every scrum you're gonna pack down. The poor scrum off is going. Oh, this is gonna be terrible. This ball and he's putting it in, and it's just terrible for your backs. And oh man, yeah. It's, it's, the best you can hope for is it just comes shooting out the back immediately, nah. and you're like, oh great, we at least hooked it well, and now every we got it out before everything turned to shit. You know, it's worse as a coach trying to plan for that because if you know your scrum is a bit, you know. It's, not, it's nothing worse than going to your pack and going, guys, listen, we're going to go channel one ball, we're going to get that thing as quick as possible and get it out there and we're going to play. Because basically you're telling your pack that they're going to get they're going to get drilled in the scrum. Right. So that is the, such a balancing act in trying to get you guys, no, no, guys, this is a tactical thing that we need to do this week. We, we understand you guys have been found there, but we want to get quick ball on them, which yeah. is an art and art lie. You can't do that. You know, the players are like, oh, sure, coach, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, coach, we'll get that ball out real quick. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, that's that's it for me. This has been really fun. Um, hopefully, we'll we'll have you back sometime before the uh, you know end of the off season um, to talk about all that all that recruiting and some of those camps and all that stuff. I know Phil probably has a couple other uh, things for you. I see, I see yeah. some questions also from, from a few guys. Yes. Let's show these on the stream here. Uh, John Elsnod, Ranger John, is asking injury update on Barlow. You got anything for us on that? Yeah, Harry, Harry Barlow was uh, pretty much good to go with about three weeks left of the season. Um, obviously, Paula was was really in the fo- great form, and Harry was just coming back from a knee injury, so he was just kind of getting his fitness back. And the week, was it the the, the New York game? I think it was before the the playoff. Um, you know, there was a chance. There was a yeah, there was a chance that he was going to be involved in the twenty three, but he got concussed in training so he actually so he actually couldn't get on the field that game uh which kind of yeah just hampered, hampered that but he's he's all good man he's he's isn't he's fine he's he's, he's great yeah. uh this one we asked for quick questions and uh bozo wrote us a book here um thoughts <laughs> on the development of domestic coaching within the united states to support the youth high school college pro international pipeline yeah, I think there needs to be work, more work done on that. You know, it's uh, that's why we're trying to put something together where we can we can actually have some some clinics with coaches. I think it's it's it's, it's holding more weight, and then just having to feed into these guys locally uh, on a continuous basis. You know, we we actually discussing that and trying to put something together for that um, because I, I think that the there is no pipeline at the moment. I think it's a difficult pipeline to get into and something needs to be plotted there if you know what i mean gotcha yeah, yeah. my under- my understanding of it and this could be off base but is that a lot of it is that you know um paid academy type 
situations where players who are in college who are good, you know, some of them get scouted or ID'd, but a lot of it is them choosing to go, you know, to travel to mm. what are essentially weekend, you know, camps for them to develop their own skills, but they also double as sort of uh, the filtering process. You say, okay, yeah. these these 150 or whatever players who are doing these camps are the guys that we have the time and resources to look at when we're starting to look at new people coming into the development side. Yeah, so. I, I think I think there's, a, there's those guys who are in those positions, coaches, they need to get, try and attend as many things as possible, but they also need to try and link themselves up and attach themselves. Like if it's the Free Jacks and you're in New England area, I mean, we're really open to guys coming to our sessions. We are really open to grabbing a coffee and having a chat about things. And it all starts with kind of relationships. We've got, we got to be better. We've got to build some sort of program which helps as we do with players, but also helps with, with coaches kind of coming through the ranks and, um, and, and helping them grow their coaching, you know. So we've got to develop something like that. Uh, but I think it's also up to these, these guys also to kind of really get in touch, man, because at the moment that's where we're at. And uh, as I say, we're really open to that and sharing our environment and stuff. So that's, that's cool. We got this one coming in at the death here from Thomas Grants. Wow. Uh, Coach Matthew, who out of the Free Jacks management is the best at BYC? Uh, what is BYC? Um, I have actually no idea. This is a, a classic Wheels, uh, uh, Thomas Grant Wheels uh, text this. I'm always uh, vague with... Um, Willsy, uh, throw in what you mean by this because we have no idea. Yeah, if if we oh, ah, ah. Okay. of course, there's another Kiwi. Uh, what do you call those things? Abbreviation, whatever it is. Um, ah, yes. <laughs> hey, Willsy, pick up a baseball bat, huh, pal? Nobody uh, cricket. So this this first. is this has become quite a thing before and after training at the Free Jacks. Uh, okay. It seems to be a bit of a backyard cricket competition. Willsy rates himself because he scored a hundred in some club competition in, in New Zealand, um, but obviously <laughs> New Zealand cricket is not South African cricket. Um, sure. So, Willsy, it's not you, mate. Uh, it's not you. I'm going to go with Vian Conradi, left-handed batsman. We struggled to get him out the other day. It took us. It took me and Mike Rogers a long time. So, <laughs> all right. That's one of those things that I just could not possibly get into. I mean, to it's similar own, cricket, not for me. It's like baseball, man. Yeah, I know. But baseball, baseball is better than cricket. That's the way I see it. It's just a better version. Just like, just like lacrosse is a suckier version than hockey. Same thing with cricket. With baseball, is, is baseball not to cricket what uh, NFL or football is to rugby? Ooh, uh, I think it's a good analogy. Ooh, that's a that's pretty so good if, actually. So if you like, good. if you like rugby over football, mm -hmm. then I should maybe. like cricket over. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I kind of want to give it a try. I see I see guys playing pickup games in my town. There's a big there's a big enough population. Uh, um, you know, South Asian population uh in Woburn that there's like a what seems to be a standing pickup cricket game in one of the big parks in the middle of the city. Uh, so and I'm, I'm always tempted to swing by and be uh, like, "Hey, you want to teach me how to play?" It's a cool sport. Like I, I like I, I'm really enjoying the baseball because I kind of there's an element of cricket there. I mean, it's very different, but like just the art of throwing that ball is fascinates me. You know how these guys can throw a million different pitches. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that's that's our cricket. You know, teach the guys are doing all different things with their fingers and wrists and whatever. Yeah, knuckleballs are insane. 
Yeah, it's like 40 so miles an hour, but nobody can hit it because yeah. you would have loved Tim Wakefield. Oh, really? Yeah. Really would have enjoyed that. I saw one the other day that they showed like where the guy throws the most insane slow balls. I called like an ethos or something. I don't know. Yes. I was like, what? Yeah. I didn't even know that existed. Was, your wind up is awesome, identical. Eh? What, right? Yeah. So like everything yes. about your motion is identical. Yeah. What you change is your release point is way mm -hmm. earlier and you throw the ball on an arc. Yeah. And it, it just, it looks like it should come and the batter gets all queued up and then here it comes falling yeah. through the strike. So cricket's got the exact same thing, exact same motion, except the way you bowl it, just, it just comes out a lot slower and uh, catches batsmen all the time. But that's what I'm saying. There's so many similarities. Man. That's great. Very good. Uh, let's talk about, um, before we get you out of here, of course, we've got one word association. But before that, You've been in the country for a while now. You've been stateside for a while. Let's hear that Boston accent, my friend. What you got for us? Sure. Uh, park your car in the yard. Something like <laughs> that. Jeter's 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 overrated. <laughs> Tell you what, work on it a little bit. We'll get back to you on that, okay? Uh, <laughs> I know that you're a Newcastle uh, football club fan. Yes, please. Right? So we've got a little special something-something here for you in the One Word Association brought to you by Storm Along. American hard cider. The first one here is, you know, of course, just when I say these words, first thing that comes to your mind, throw it back at me. One word, all right? Yeah. South Africa is the first one. Springboks. Black cats. Round. Peanut butter. <laughs> all right. Boston. Winners. Fort Quincy. Fucking awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> Mike Rogers. Uh, yeah. Environment. All right. Final one here is Free Jacks. Huzzah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I'm a bit of a Sunderland fan. I'm a sympathizer. No, no, no. AFC no, all the way. Yeah. No. <laughs> For people that don't, there's like, everybody's watching this is like, what are they talking about? But it's no. English English football, guys. Yeah. Big ride. So, ba so basically what's, what's happened is I'm a Boston fan. You've just gone, you love New York. That is the equivalent of Sunderland, Newcastle. Is, kind of, but like, I would say yeah. it's the reverse way around there. But yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Coach, this has been awesome, man. We appreciate you. You've been very generous with your time. Um, anything that you want to say? Well, I'll let you open up the floor here for a minute or so. Anything you want to talk directly to the Rangers about before we get you out of here? Oh, man, I, I just I, I just think um, you guys are doing a great job here. I think what happens are on the weekend at – at Fort Quincy is, is is special, you know. There's nowhere else in, in the league that that we're getting the crowd as just noisy, man, and and and, and passionate and, and pumped up, you know. And it makes a difference, man. I know we couldn't pull this last game through, and it frustrates all of us. And but I, as I said, I, I don't think we were ready for it. But what we're we doing and what we're building uh, is is really setting us up for year two, year three. It's going to be something special in a couple of years' time, like really, in terms of crowd size and crowd noise. I mean, we've already seen how dominant we were at Fort Quincy this year, um, and that's testament not just to the team and what we, we're doing on our side, but just what everyone else is doing to build the brand of the Free Jacks and, and build the environment at the game. So, yeah, I, I just encourage encourage you guys. and just thank you guys for, for what's been going on. Um, from your end, it makes a difference. It really does. So um, I'm pumped every time we play them. 
appreciate the kind words. We got one word to get everybody out of here. Everybody that's watching this right now, there's five people watching it. If you want to type it in the chat, I know you know what we're talking about here. In three, two, one, huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jax Rangers Show. I'm joined with all of the Outriders. You're going to say, wait a minute, there's four? The four horsemen? What the hell's going on here? But David, a.k.a. Dan from Quincy, has joined the Outriders on a reservist slash probationary period. <laughs> um, so I wanted what? to introduce everybody here from going uh, from left to right. Of course, Phil Harris here. And then we got Dave McVeigh. Chris Lind, a.k.a. Bozo, and then David, a.k.a. Dan from Quincy. How y'all doing? <laughs> doing very well. Good, good. Let's I'm doing see. good. Excellent. Doing great. Just watching the waves here in Quincy Town. <laughs> what is the, what type, what's the name of that beach there, but right beside of it? Waltham Beach or something? Walliston. There you Walliston. go. Hey. All it's right. Where, uh, it's where I met my wife. So oh, wow. how about that? So uh, speaking of um, interactions, let's talk about um, Bozo. I want you to go ahead and just give us your rapid reaction for the championship final. Seattle at New Jersey at an empty Red Bull arena. Just real quick. Yeah, league legitimacy. Yay. The only team that actually made the playoffs won the shield. I mean, good for them. I can't really be too happy. Seattle played decent. Um, more shoddy refereeing. Plagued both teams i hate it when i see the highlights come up and they show the in slow-mo a really blatant knock on and they're like ah, i'll just ignore that <laughs> um yeah i mean i bummed because i actually picked seattle to win they were on really good form and then they just kind of fell off i don't maybe it was traveling you know down to houston and back and then out to new jersey and back uh red bull stadium put it together i guess in the last minute i don't know i wasn't there but another empty stadium i guess so you know, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm bummed because I, I lost. I didn't pick that team to win. At least if Seattle had won, it wouldn't have been league legitimate, but at least I would have got a dub for the record. But, oh, well, still did pretty good. Yeah, let's give us your overall record before we proceed because it is really impressive. Yeah, I think it was. Hold on. I just wrote it down, and now I lost it. Where did I put it? I think it was 60. Mm, I don't know. It was something at 60 five and like 28 or something like that fantastic 63 and 28 i think it was there you yeah. go no nah, not too bad deal. yeah not too bad at all I had it on a word document i'm like scrolling furiously to find <laughs> it. Uh, no worries pal we're live here no big deal um so uh jacks free jackson news is what i wanted to go over real quick the club has named a few award winners of their own recently uh specifically for the actual club itself awards rookie of the year cam davidowitz well deserved obviously most improved the eagle Ford of the year, Slade McDowell, back of the year, LaRue Milan, and just announced today, our boy, Bodine Waka, wins the MVP of the entire league, extremely well-deserved. Any quick uh, sentences from you guys about that uh, that list there? Um, <clears throat> I think the picks all make sense for the team. I think it's really great that Bodine Waka is getting that uh, respect from the front office you know, of Major League Rugby. Because he really the, it, it, I wouldn't say he put the team on his back because that kind of implies that there was a lot of weakness around him, right? But mm -hmm. he led from the front, say like he he sure. really did a lot of hard work to make um, this Free Jacks team work this season, and I think it's great that he was recognized as league wide the most valuable player of any team. 
Yeah, I agree. New one to take control, new one to one to step back, one to yeah, I mean, just a master at pulling the strings this season. Great season and good for him. Well deserved. You know, going over to the preseason predictions that we had way back when, the very you know prior to the se- season even starting, we had three question marks that I marked down that were really important. Number one, coaching. Number two, away form. And number three, the center positions because there wasn't a single returning center in this squad. I think for all of those, we can say, you know, check mark big time uh, in terms of improvements, if you will, from all of those areas. And ex- they did exactly what they needed to do to be successful in all of those concerned areas that I specifically had. Um, so hats off to the organization, coaching staff, and the players for putting it all together with those question marks that we had. Um, you know, things could have ended up differently if some of these things went awry, but they didn't. They all worked out well. So excited to see what happens for the future for the Free Jacks regarding that. We're going to say goodbye to Dan from Quincy real quick for a moment here as we get into our preseason picks. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> all right, we're going to discuss. Let me see here. Oh, let me go back. Okay, that looks all right. Uh, we're going to go ahead and quickly discuss our preseason um, just basically predictions and reflections. So leading try score, I picked Dougie Fife. I think he had maybe one try, not in the top five on MLR.com, which I actually don't even think it – if you – put in MLR.com. I don't even think it goes to uh, Major League Rugby right now. I think it's USMLR, whatever. Um, Dougie did a great job, um, you know, basically all season long. But what he, you know, had at the beginning of the, uh, the season was kind of his legs cut out from under him with that suspension that was way, way unjust in terms of the amount of uh, uh, games that he got. I don't think that helped him at all. But also, I don't think he was really in the offensive mix as much as the season um, last year at the beginning of the season. Uh, he does what he does very, very well back there. He's defensive cover and also helps out with uh, you know getting those kicks and then either progressing the ball forward or kicking it back. Um, Dave, yours was Harry Barlow. Yeah. <clears throat> he had a good season, but it was a very tight back line. And then, of course, he missed uh, roughly the second half of the season with that injury he picked up. Um, I have heard that he's recovered now, that he was actually even available for the last couple weeks, but um, it being, you know, playoffs wasn't really the time to, to get him back in the mix, but that if he had been needed, he actually would have been ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's great to hear. But yeah, another, you know, preseason, those those f- predictions are fun because you never know what's really going to, right. how never things know. are going to shake out. Speaking of never knowing, Bozo, your LaRue Milan just shot in the dark. Really, actually was really good. Yeah, I told you guys, if I remember correctly, I, I pulled up like everything I could, like watching on this kid, and he just looked like a really solid um, player. And then, you know, you read somebody's like physical stats, how like tall they are and how much they weigh and stuff. And then you meet a person and he's just yeah, like a big rangy, um, scrappy kind of kind of back man and he's just a tough kid and so i had a good feeling that he'd do some good stuff was not the leading try scorer i even think he was close he did have some good good tries um but yeah i guess he just impressed more through the the midfield and defense and distributing and you know taking on sucking in defenders by you know breaking tackles and stuff like that so he impressed in other ways definitely not the leading try scorer so i whiffed on that one but i knew he was a good pick yeah, good overall pick. Um, let's talk about points leader real quick. I picked Waka. Waka finished the season with 100, 151 points, which led the team and finished second overall in MLR. Dave, you also as well picked Waka as points leader. Um, any words there? Um, just he's been, you know, he was he was really dependable this season. Um, 
kicking as well one of the reasons his point total is so high that's right you know not only is he a scoring threat and he scored a good number of tries but he was just very reliable with his Mm -hmm. uh kicking boot um and it it really helped him rack those points up and larue milan for chris i think you were predicting him to score a lot more tries uh there a lot of five points uh, yeah, I mean, hey, he he contributed a, a decent amount of points, but nowhere near the leading point scorer. And we already went over why he was good this season. So I'm good. Next topic, please. Yes. Uh, tackle breaks. I was pretty terrible at this. Regan O'Gorman is what I picked. In fact, uh, this was not a stat that's on MLR. Uh, it do, they don't track, I guess, I think it's safe to say that my first pick uh, for this on Dave Scrum of the Earth podcast, or excuse me, David Scrum of the Earth podcast, of uh, Mitch Wilson would have been a better bet. Uh, both of you guys selected Paula Bellancana, which is a lot better pick than mine on that for the uh, missed, uh, tackle breaks. Yeah, he did pretty well, but I would have to guess that um, maybe Wayne Vanderbank actually would have this stat for the Free Jacks. He really yeah. is uh, was a bruiser. For sure. Yeah, that was definitely not – I'm with you right there, Dave. I, if he's not number one, he's definitely going to be, like, top three on the team. Uh, like, I like the uh, – the phrase you used, uh, I think last episode, you're like, he's like a bowling ball in there. One of you guys said that, and I thought that was pretty <laughs> apropos. So, yeah, sure. the guy was crazy, bouncing everywhere. Most looking forward to, in terms of the retain, we split this up into two. We got we had retained and new signing. For me, Joe Johnson, in terms of the retained, we saw Joe switch from seven to six at certain points of the season with the arrival of Slade McDowell, a.k.a. Slade Wilson. He also had a, a hobble situ- situation with a knee injury midway through the season where he was coming off the bench more than normal, but overall a good season for our guy Joe. Hope to see him back next season. Dave, Josh Larson for yourself. Yeah, um, I think Josh Larson was a solid pick just because uh, he did what he does, which is be a leader on the team. Um, the coaches spoke about what a good position the team kind of was already in and how many things they could keep keep moving forward. Uh, and I think Josh and his leadership were a big part of that. So, um, you know, feel good about that pick. I think that it's difficult for us to see everything that he does. Um, because, you know, just by its nature, it's, we see, we see him interface with the ref and we see him manage games and make decisions a little bit. And that's always been really solid, but that's only the tip of the iceberg really for a captain and what he's doing. Um, so whatever, whatever it is, it seems to be working and, um, you know, looking forward to seeing more of that in the future too. Bozo picks two here, Waka and Joe Johnston, uh, walk us through that. Yeah. I mean, I just Joe's a scrapper, man. He's involved in pretty much everything, and he he's a hundred percent effort all the time. So I just liked watching him play. And then with Waka, he was just so integral. I soon, you know, because now we're talking about the, our preseason picks. So where our heads are at is we're going into this season, and with right. his switch back to 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 the number ten jersey or the first five, as the Kiwis call it, <laughs> um, it kind of re it reinvigorated him like he out of the wing and stuff. And at fullback, he was exciting, but he only got so many touches. Now it's like at 10, he's almost like the quarterback. He's touching the ball every play. Yeah. Uh, it seems like, so yeah, those were just my two picks of, I was happy to see them back. 
All right, let's talk about new signing real quick. I had picked Jack Reeves, who amazingly enough might be the only returner. I, you know, we don't know specifically, but these other two players had fantastic seasons for the Free Jacks, and sometimes that means that they go on and play for different leagues. In terms of new signing, I picked Jack Reeves. Jack was brought in on a two-year loan deal from Gloucester. He had some issues with injuries throughout the season and also the emergence of Wayne Vanderbank and also uh, LaRue Milan as starters in those center positions. Uh, he was mostly a bench player this year i'm looking forward to see what he uh, does in the second season next year and the red white and blue dave you picked jesse peretti yeah i think jesse in injected a lot of energy and fun into the team um he also showed he I, I he peaked at the perfect time i think he was at like full power jesse peretti in that new york game that last yep. game the playoff game uh, and he played very well the week before, or well, two weeks before, in the last game of the season in that, you know, meaningless or, or pride game. Um, I, I think that he was managed really well um, throughout the season. He's a little bit old. He's not old, but he's, like, a little bit older because we have such a young team um, to be able to hit that. And, and I think he had a great season. Um, I don't know if he'll be around moving forward but i would i would love to have him back uh, i can't remember his contract details um if he's done after this year if it was just a one-year deal if it was longer but uh i really enjoyed him as a new signing this season uh one thing i will say that we're going to try to kind of track down all that stuff in future episodes and see who's a free agent how many years of these guys got left and that sort of thing chris for you slade mcdowell aka slade wilson on the uh yeah. signings, home run yeah there. i was excited i was excited about him um you know, I had I had seen that Jesse as well, and it was basically between one of those two. But you know, Slade had a really, I mean, they both had really great careers at over in New Zealand. So I was excited for both of them. I just picked Slade. I don't know, had a lot of mustache energy. So <laughs> nothing wrong with that mustache energy. Uh, let's talk about no. MVP. I picked Waka at the beginning of the season, best player on the Jacks this year. I said in the preseason, as Waka goes, we go. I wasn't lying. His form is incredible; has been incredible all year long. No better example of that was the last game of the season where he scored all of our points in the Eastern Conference Final. Another stat on uh, the MLR website shows that Waka was third in the league in successful goal kicking with 52. Dave, you had Joe Johnston. Yeah, um, we talked already a little bit about Joe's season. He was in and out. Um, he definitely made, forced his way onto the roster and, you know, kept getting appearances but didn't get the kind of minutes that I expected him to get um, in the back row. Uh, still had a good season, but not, not quite the MVP season I expected. Bozo, waka, waka, waka all day long for you too. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, hard to pick against him for an MVP, right? Um, yeah. He had, he had, and again, where our heads are at when we made these picks, it's like he was crushing it at 10. As soon as he put there, the free jack was put there. The free jacks looked like a different team and it, it was a little too little too late for them to make the playoffs that year. And I was excited mm -hmm. to see what he could do this year. And he didn't disappoint. Win loss record for me was a uh, best case 12 and four worst case uh, 10 and six Dave 12 and four and also 10 and six. You had mentioned uh, you'd got your, you pulled out your protractor uh, coming up with those, uh, those numbers there. Yeah. I just kind of grouped the matches a few different ways in my head and then guessed about how many they would pick up it within those groups. Um, 13 and three. Uh, and pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. good. Get at its full feet. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Bozo, 10 and 6. 
Yeah. So I wrote this down on a piece of paper and I've since long lost that piece of paper, but essentially I'd put 10 and six because I did not think that Nola gold were going to be as weak as they were this year. I mean, I think everybody was a pretty safe bet that it was new England, Atlanta and New Jersey are going to be one, two, three. I remember we've talked about it many times. Who's one, who's two, who's three, who knows best guess. But I thought that, that, that Nola would be a lot tougher of an opponent. I mean, we played them three times and beat them all three times after having never beaten them before their roster did have a lot of changes, some coaching turmoil and stuff that I kind of, I didn't pay attention, I guess, close enough, but I thought that they played decent rugby too. I just thought that they were going to be better. And so they would stick us with a, with a loss or two. And then, I mean, this season, it was amazing. So yeah, 13 and three, I was uh, off on that one. <laughs> just a, a little, little bit, bit though not, not too, too bad not too bad no. yeah yeah um i just want to quickly want to go over the midseason awards um for mvp we all picked waka most improved i picked the eagle both of you guys picked cam uh best new signing we all picked slade mcdowell i re- i bring those up because we've got those and more for the off-season awards coming up right now and we're gonna wake uh dan from quincy up at this moment here he's gonna be joining us once again there he is there he is there's our boy uh new guy there you are all right uh let's talk about the off-season awards so most improved for me um and as i'd said my mid-season award was the eagle right i'm gonna switch it up a little bit and say cam davidowitz um i think you can give this award to three different guys truly um and it would be totally justified if you did that i picked the eagle for my mid-season most improved but after hearing the coaches praise cam and the impact that he had There was one of those games where I think he was actually man of the match uh, this year. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but uh, he was the best player on the pitch in that game. Um, That's really incredible considering he was a development guy last year. I have to give it to the Plymouth State alum. Dave, what you got? Yeah, I picked uh, Kyle Sakara. I do love me a prop. And it's really cool to me to see what has happened under Mike Rogers this season with him where with some specialized forward coaching, he's really unlocked um, and become a much better scrummager. He's very good in the loose, uh, especially for a prop. You know, he's really ripped off some big runs. He's good on his feet. Um, He has a big trajectory, and I think he's still getting better. And so he's, for me, the most improved this season, and I think going to be better in future seasons too. We're going to see him continue to improve as – you know, uh, a few areas of, of his playing discipline um, get better in the next couple of years, too. Absolutely. If I had to bet, I'm, I'm going to guess that uh, Bozo's going to stick to his guns and, and go with his uh, his alum, his alum brother there. What you got? You're wrong on that one. The flop, oh! is, complete. The flop is complete. So you picked Whoa, you yeah. picked um, Kyle and we picked Cam midseason. That's I'm right. going with Dave on this one, but for a, a slightly different reason, Dave, Dave hit on a bunch of great points and I won't, I won't echo those. I just go back to that first week, Phil, when we went to patios and we're at the watch party and Kyle yeah. was there, he didn't travel. He wasn't with the 23 mm-hmm. and he seemed down on his luck, but like a fire was in his belly. You know what I mean? Like it's yep. that, it's that good, that good bummed out. Like he, he seemed really motivated uh, to make 
to prove himself like he felt you know and hey you got to have confidence i guess if you're going to be a professional athlete of any kind you've got to you've got to back yourself and he did and he went forward and he earned those those starting jerseys and i agree completely with dave i think the sky is the limit with them i think now going into next season he's going to be even more motivated because he was not a starter coming into the season and he knew that he knew he needed to earn his way on and now i think he's going to fight like hell to keep his spot because they can sign anybody. Anybody can get brought in here, and you don't know. It could be like a super rugby guy, mm-hmm. top 14 guy, English premiership guy. You have no idea. Um, so, yeah, I'm just excited to, for his future because he's still very much a young man and has a bright future ahead of him. And I just want – I mean, come on. Who doesn't want to see the eagle as an eagle? Uh, that would be fantastic. That would just oh, make a complete circle. The perfect cir- circle is completed with that that's uh, right. nickname. That's what I'm hoping. Dan from Quincy, what you got, my brother? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, so I'm I'm a little lost where we are in the script. I I had prepared. I think I over prepared for what we're doing tonight. And so I'm not sure what award we're on right now. Okay. So we're at the off season awards. We're doing most improved. Who you got for your most improved for the entire season? Oh well, most improved. You know, you guys have already said it, it's it's got to be the eagle. So. You know, I, I, I hate echoing everyone's sentiment, but when you're right, you're right. And, you know, I think Phil and I, we were there really early on for the Free Jacks. One of those first one of those first matches when the Free Jacks existed, but they weren't really part of the competition yet. Yes. And I remember Kyle coming on and everyone around me was like, who's that guy? <laughs> Just because you can see him. And I think he must have been playing for Mystic, I think. So he was playing against us. But I think that performance led us to say, oh, this is a guy we can use. And let's face it, he's been Mr. Get Better every single day since then. Mm-hmm. Like he earned his spot on this squad, and then he got better, and then he got better, and then he got better, and then he was a bench player. And then this year, he got his first start. He never let go of that starting jersey after that. He was there every single time and got better Every single game. It's got to be Kyle. There's no way it's not the Eagle. Love it. All right. So um, I am the only outlier here with that. But, uh, you know, that's uh, that's just how these uh, awards go sometimes. Let's talk about the best new signing. So just to, you know, bring it back here for a moment because we've been talking a bit. Best new signing previously was all Slade McDowell. It was the Slade McDowell show midseason. So let's see if that changes up here at all. I'll start off with. My best new signing for the entire season is actually LaRue Milan. Previously, mm. I went with Slade McDowell as the midseason winner, but unfortunately, he was given a four-game suspension to end the season. So for this overall award, I have to give it to Bozo's boy, LaRue Milan. LaRue finished uh, in the top five in MLR for carries and ball carry meters. It seems like every time this kid touches the ball, he's advancing through the gain line, which is exactly what you want. He's, a, he's had a great first season in the red, white, and blue, and hopefully we'll have him on the show next month. I'm working on that. But, uh, Dave, who you got? I picked, whoops, I picked LaRue Milan as well. How about um, that? I think that he everything he said is true. Uh, he's always probing the line. He could run an overs line, an unders line. Like you don't, he's unpredictable as a ball carrier, which makes him really good at just keeping the defense honest. Um he was instrumental in a lot of tight situations throughout the season uh, in support and in defense both. I was really impressed by his ability to appear in a line break. You know, if, yeah. if Waka or Fife or Balkana or somebody busted through, 
Milan was was really often the guy who was there to support and to link and then to send somebody else through for the try. You know, the guy who's connecting the line break to the try score. Um, he had a great, great season. He's clutch, like David Ortiz. Uh, he's my best new signing of the year. Love it. Bozo, you got? Yeah, no change from me. Uh, I'm sticking with Slade McDowell. I don't care about his four-game suspension. Um, just big energy from him all year, just smashing people everywhere. It was kind of cool um, when you're watching the game, too. Just, you know, it's probably it has to do with a lot um, the structure, the way they play. I don't know what they play for a structure, but he was oftentimes hanging out on the wing and he was great in the loose and the interchange with the backs as well. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't afraid to do the dirty work. And, you know, Dave, I think, has said this many, many times this season. You've got to have those guys that play out on the edge and, I just think he was a valuable signing and he did that and he brought a huge, I mean, the law offices of Johnson McDowell. He's just, I mean, we have all three of our guys are just bringing the lumber and then maybe he just brought a little bit too much sometimes and saw some cards, but <laughs> we won't turn this into how Bozo feels about the referee. So mm, yes, yes, let's go to Dan from Quincy. <laughs> all right. What you got my friend? Well, I want to zag a little, I mean, you know, love me some Slade, but um, Holden Younger, you know, oh, I, I like going with the emotional pick sometimes, you know, I don't always pick the guy who's got, the, you know, he, he spent a lot of time on the, on the bench and, you know, milling throughout the crowd and saying hi to people like me. And uh, is this because of the yogurt thing? Is this because of that yogurt meme? Only a little bit. My most successful <laughs> meme of all time. Uh, and I swear to God. So I, I brought a, a thing of yogurt to the stadium, hoping I would see Holden younger. And I said, oh, Holden, can I get a picture of you holding this? And he went, oh, Holden yogurt. I get it. And he made a big joke out of it. And it, was, it was great. And what a guy. And but, but no, no, no. It's the fact that he showed up at Mystic and was like, do do do. Hey, I'm I'm here and I'm thinking about playing some rugby. And people were like, Oh, can you play? And he was like, Yeah, I can play. And then he went from that to being an integral part of, of our own squad. He was so good all year. He missed some time, but uh, yeah. But he's he's my pick for sure. He maybe a heart pick more than a head pick, but I'm sticking with it. That's fair enough, man. Uh, let's move over to – before we get into MVP, I'm going to save that one for the end. Let's go to forward of the year. There's two that we've included here that were not a part of the midseason. So this is obviously overall awards. The Free Jacks have already done these. Uh, for forward of the year, I'm picking Josh Larson. I'm going to give this one to the captain. He does the dirty work on the pitch that often goes unnoticed. He's exactly what you want in a captain for his squad. I feel like he's played in every game, even in the few games that he was not starting. He did come off of the bench every single time, it seems. I'm hoping to see Josh back with the Jacks in 2023. Dave, who you got? That's a great pick. I went with Slade McDowell, the human sledgehammer. Um, Tackling, scoring, his work rate was unbelievable. Even with those suspensions to be right at the top of the league for tries scored and tackles made, that's insane. Um, that takes not just fitness, but a crazy amount of skill and vision to just see mm-hmm. all those opportunities and to capitalize. Uh, he's a really special player, um, and he never seems to get tired. 75th, 78th minute, he's got just as much pep you know, and, and, and much gas in the tank as he did at the beginning. 
really mm-hmm. impressive. You guys remember when he beat like 11, I think it was Toronto defenders, hopping yeah. from, uh, now I'm going to hop on this foot and just wouldn't <laughs> quit and scored like the most insane try ever. Um, that's Slade McDowell to me. And that's, that's your forward of the years. The guy who can do that, just physically dominate in that way. Um, so that's my pick. Love it. Bozo, what you got? Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm gonna we'll go right to Dan from Quincy. It's Slade McDowell for me for everything. <laughs> oh my Dave god, it, it's right. just the way it is, man. It's the way the cookie crumbles. I can't. I'm not gonna say it again. The man just said it all. It's great. Let's fair go. Enough, fair enough. What you got? Uh, you know, I love Mason Slade. He's incredible. He's incredible. But I knew that we were all gonna say Slade, and it's not a good podcast if everyone just says this. I you know, ditto, <laughs> ditto, ditto, ditto. Right. So Joe Johnston, I'm going to go with. Okay. All right. Uh, he, he wasn't scoring tries like Slade was, but his defense, oh my gosh, he's a wrecking ball out there. Mm-hmm. No one who was lined up opposite Joe Johnston was like, okay, I feel comfortable right now. It, it was bad news no matter who you were, no matter mm-hmm. what team you're on. He, he was just a machine for us this year. And, you know, he does that kind of dirty work that it's it, – it's, it's hard to, for everyone to recognize. New fans don't recognize it as much. Right. Um, it, he was a guy who, for me, made a big difference this year, and it was an incredible year. Love that pick, man. Uh, let's talk about back of the year. For me, it's Mitch Wilson. It's hard to argue against Ironman Mitch Wilson for best back of the year. His performance on the pitch this year for the Jacks has brought him all the way to the USA Eagles camp. Um, he's undeniable on the wing, tough as nails, and he can do it all. Um, I think it was the game, the playoff game, or maybe the one prior to that against New Jersey, when he got up and got that ball falling on his back and still made the catch. I mean, that is just Mitch Wilson, uh, right there. Um, you know, to summarize everything that he does for us, just gutsy as hell and still comes up with the ball. Dave, who you got? Uh, I went with Wayne Vanderbank. Love it. Um, I think Mitch Wilson, I was really close to giving it to Mitch as well for all the reasons you said. I love how versatile he is um, in addition. But I went with Vanderbank in the end because I think that um, he did a lot of work, kind of like Joe Johnson, that was difficult to see at times. His defensive work was unreal. Um, Vanderbank really shut down the outside channel well, um, played a difficult defensive position. And then on attack... He is, to me, the best Free Jacks player in contact with ball in hand. If I have to send a guy into six guys and he's got to keep the ball alive somehow until support gets there, I'm giving it to Wayne Vanderbank every time because he can stay on his feet until he wants to go down. He's got crazy leg drive, hips stay square and point downfield. He does so many fundamental contact things better than everybody else that he's just like a human missile aimed at the, you know, goal, the end goal. Like he's going to get there if you don't bring him down. That five-year contract that he signs looking pretty good right now for the It's looking really good. I'm very happy to have him locked down for the long term. Bozo, who you got? All right, I'm cheating a little bit here. And I'm going with the center combo of Milan and Vanderbank. They were oh, unreal. Um, if you remember, we talked about this in one of the earlier podcasts. I said, you've got to be good up the middle of the field at two, mm-hmm. eight, nine, 10, 15, right? Yep. This year really, I guess, reopened or completely opened my eyes to how good, if you have a really good center combo, how good it can be. And it really kind of opens up the conversation of combinations and 
you know, cause we tried different combinations in other places with our loose forwards, with our locks and stuff like that. And this one was just magic from start to finish. And it never, they were never, they never had a bad game in tandem. It was unbelievable. These guys. Um, and I, you know, we've talked about the both of them on, on the show so far, so I won't, you know, rehash it all, but that combination in the midfield would just lights out, man. And it really provided our boy, Bodine Waka, a lot of different options. Cause just like Dave was saying, you could hit LaRue Milan and get that rangy kind of slicing, dicing. And all of a sudden we have a breakout or you're just going bowling with Wayne and then LaRue is there too. So, and then Holy crap, God forbid we kick it out wide to Balakana. Like we were dangerous. Um, I don't think we got a lot of cred from the rest of the league. This group of guys, new well we didn't know about the center combo at first but this group of guys came to know that our group of guys was one of the best in the league i think so yeah i'm cheating a little bit and i'm going with the center combo mm. love it dan what you got uh as dan from quincy mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so whenever people are doing these lists and they say okay give me your backs somehow we automatically go to the centers and the wings and sometimes the fullback but usually it's that like 11 through 14 we're looking at. But let's not forget the 9 and 10. And, uh, you know, on Poland, guys. Yeah. We're, we're all huge, huge Free Jacks fans. How much, how much has he been important to us this year? John Poland has been amazing. Like he, mm-hmm. people bounce off him. He takes punishment. He distributes it quickly. Like he's just so good. I think – for people like us who talk about this every single week, we don't talk about John Poland. And right. as I was going through my notes today, I was like, why is that? Why are we not talking about John Poland? He's yeah. my pick. What a player. We need him. He's so crucial to what the Free Jacks did all year. I'll tell you, our buddy Ted Black is just jumping up and down right now to hear you say that. Um yeah, I mean, I think maybe he had one bad pass all season long. Like, literally <laughs> one bad pass. It's crazy how good exactly. he is. And it was probably, probably like to a friend of his who just wanted the oh, ball. Yeah. Yeah. He's haunted by that bad pass. Um, he's uh, listening I, to the show. He's like, dang it, Phil. Like, I'm going to be up all night thinking about it again. You brought it up that. again. I love that pick because I made up a category for him as I finished everything else. And I was like, how could I end without saying anything about John Poland? And so I just named him the workhorse. Because he's just day in, day out delivering, you know. He's the forgotten man, but it's only because he's so good at what he does. And he's just so quiet. He goes about his job. You know, it, you don't notice him because he makes zero mistakes out there. Yeah, but yeah he seems like a humble player. guy. Like, he seems happy sure. to be under the radar. So, Oh, yeah. 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 I could be wrong. Uh, Maybe he's, like, kicking, kicking the locker every week. He's like <laughs> the reverse A.J. McGinty. There you go. He's Ireland to us as A.J. is to them. Yeah. Uh, speaking of AJ McGinty, let's go into the uh, MVP. And now AJ McGinty plays ten. So I, I really wonder if anybody here has the cojones to not pick Bodine Waka. And I'm going to tell you right now, uh, I pick Bodine Waka. So uh, he's uh, we're calling him Mr. MVP for a reason on this show. Waka is just another level. His offensive attacking at 10 has been amazing. His kicking has been second to none in the entire league. We talked about the stats earlier in the show. Um, Dave, what you got? Uh, I picked Bodine Waka as well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. He, what, one, one thing I'll add to what you've said, so it's not to repeat it all, um, is that his tackling – is just so good. You can really see his sevens. 
um, pedigree when he's doing open field tackling. Yep. He is so accurate and he's lethal. There's still there's a tackle from Nola at the beginning of this season that I still I still can like picture because it was so lethal. He waited. He literally had the guy marked, and then the moment the the ball carrier checked his receiver and looked for support. Waka just hit it. He strikes like a snake. It's crazy. He knows when you can't make a move and, and, and avoid the tackle and just takes you down. It's great. Even like at the breakdown, animal. too. He, he knows when to wait. He knows when to take a sec. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Chris, right, what do you got? All right, I'm up. Yeah, of course I'm going with Bodie and Waka. Are you kidding me? I'm not going <laughs> to that. Um, you know, hey, my reason is I forget what the name of that show is. I don't care because Matt McCarthy's on it and sometimes I listen to it. But when he was on it, he talked about how he had reignited his passion to play uh, first five eighth, as they call it in there down there in New Zealand. And um, it just goes to it just speaks to his ability as a rugby player, because that's pretty amazing. I think that, you know, fly half the 10 shirt is one of the hardest positions to play. Right. Because, again, you are you're like the quarterback. You're the field general. You're calling the shots. You really got to know your stuff. And you've really got to make the correct reads. If you don't have a good 10, you know, you're just kind of average, you know, even if you have great players and that's not his native position. I mean, he has played it before. He's, you know, I think like most backs, he probably came up, played a little bit of everything, but at the highest echelons of rugby that he had reached prior to coming to the free jacks, um, you know, that was not his spot. It was wing. It was fullback outside back sevens guy. Um, so to come in there and put that 10 shirt on and own it and then basically become the best 10 in the league. And there's some good tens in this league. Um, it's pretty impressive. So yeah, Mr. Mr. Waka is the MVP for me. What you got, Dan? <laughs> well, uh, oh, dang, I was trying to think of a, a pH name that doesn't end with Phil. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Any reasonable person who watches rugby has to conclude that Bodine Waka was our MVP. He scored most of our points. He scored the second most points in the entire league. He scored literally all of our points in the conference finals. He, he was our, our talisman. He, he was the, the shining light that the ride we've all been on, you know, was following in a way. Yeah. Therefore, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't pick him because we can't have four people in a row picking the same thing. We can. And it, it is, it's, it's something that we could do. We, yeah. we could do it. But you know what? Josh Larson. Ah, okay. Yep. Our captain. Yes. He's been captain okay. all year long. He's been unbelievable. He's the immovable object against the unstoppable force. Doesn't matter. The guy gets mugged six or seven times a game. The refs decided, I don't know, like three games in, oh, yeah, you can punch him in the throat, and then you can throw him to the ground and punch him in the face. And you know what? That's just rugby. They just let it play. And he's like, and you know what he does? He gets up and goes, and he gets his guys together, and they get going again. Mm -hmm. I read the interview with him uh, just fairly recently where he was talking about how he was he was worried when they gave him the captaincy he was like, well, I'm already so concerned about all these things I have to do. And now I have to do this other stuff. But what he learned as being captain was, oh, this gives me more control. This makes me feel more empowered to make decisions, to tell people what they're doing. And the action of do of, of doing that, of, 
being the general on the field and saying, you need to do this now, you need to do this now, calms him down and brings him back and lets him be better, which is what we've seen all year. The man is incredible. There's nobody who's been more important to our team than Bodin Waka, but I got a, I got a zag here on the zig and I'm going to say captain Josh Larson. Thank you, sir, for doing all you've done this year. It's a brave pick, but I think, yeah. you know what? I think you've selected the correct one. If it wasn't going to be Walker, I think Josh Larson is a great shout. Mm. Um, I think somehow I've disabled the chat. I don't know how to fix that at this point, so we're going to have to worry about that another time. Sorry for the people that want to put comments in for the chat, but I did want to let you know it is hot as hell in this studio, so I did crack open a Storm Along Franklin. Ooh. This is 8.8% alcohol, so by the time I get to the end of this, I am going to be sloppy drunk, so uh, <laughs> cheers to everybody. So that was the Storm Along off-season awards that we just got through there. Um, a lot of worthy recipients there. We're going to be making those graphics uh, and putting those out pretty soon. Um, let me see here. There we go. So the next thing we have on here, we did this last year, guys, um, the dream signing. All right. So the way that we've split this up this year is one of these guys is going to be from MLR. So uh, a player on a current MLR team that you would realistically like to see as a dream signing. So there's kind of like um, a situation where we're like, well, it's a dream signing, but it has to be realistic. So, you know, you can't just pull Dan Carter out of retirement and say, I'm going to let him be the other the player from the other league. So splitting it into two, one player from MLR, one from another league around the world somewhere. Um, I'll go first here with my dream signing from MLR. It's got to be Sam Windsor. Okay, this is a very strategic pickup. If the entire starting roster returns for the Free Jacks next season, then I would be very content. But I think one of the biggest holes on this team is someone who could come off of the bench and pick up right where Waka leaves off. If he comes off injured or he just needs a rest or maybe he's not starting in a game, you throw somebody in there with experience that's not going to screw anything up, that's going to make the kicks when necessary. We don't have that guy on the roster right now. It's a big concern right now going forward if Waka gets injured or has to come out of a game. Like I was saying, I think you need to go with a guy that is a natural 10 who has been there and done that. One of the biggest, the best players from the league early on in his existence is Sam Windsor, who um, had a conversation last season with the Jacks about coming in, but he went to New Jersey instead. So there's going to be a little bit of bad feelings and people like raising their eyebrow if he was to come to the Free Jacks after being at New Jersey. Um, he was frequently not a starter with New Jersey in 2022, which gives me an idea that he's okay uh, coming off of the bench in that role. He's 34 years old and we would be the ideal coming off the bench with experience pickup for the Free Jacks. I'm going to throw it over um, to Dave. Who is your MLR uh, dream signing? Yeah, uh, I was very tempted to pick Chance Wengluski, uh, okay. loose head prop for New York. He's a really, really good prop, plays for the Eagles as well. Um, loose head is kind of the more disruptive of the two props. Loose head's disrupt and tight head's secure. Um, can be a simple way of thinking about it. Of course, it's more complicated than that, you know. Um, but he is a really good disruptive loose head. He's good at he's good at messing up the other team's ball on their put. We saw that when we played them. Um, and so I almost picked him, but I'm going to indulge myself in the bitter barn and refuse to pick a New York player. Love it. So instead of that, I'm going to zag uh, as uh, Dave would, and I'm going to pick Ben Mitchell. Okay. He is a lock. 
uh, who plays for San Diego. Okay. He's 28 years old, so he's not too old. Um, you know, we, we like our young players, so he fits, you know, in the range, I think, for what, what we look for. And what I love about him is that he is, I think, one of the highest IQ forwards in MLR in terms of just his vision and being able to think a couple phases ahead um, and be in the right place. He's a great support player, something that I rate really highly. Um, if you if you know if you're somebody who pops up and links to to a break to a try and things like that, which he does frequently, um, I think that's really really critical. Uh, he's physical. He's a good lineout jumper. You know, he does all of his positional things well. And on top of that, he's just a fun, smart player to to watch. He reminds me a little bit of David Pocock, like that level of like thinking about. I mean, obviously, he's not. You know, it's not David Pocock, but but you can see that like he'll make decisions and do things that other players probably wouldn't have done. Like, wouldn't have realized the opportunity was there. And he does that a little bit. So Ben Mitchell is my MLR dream signing. Bozo, who you got? Okay, so we've actually given a lot of shout-outs to, to Josh Larson here tonight, and I think that that's really important. And that was key in my decision for a dream signing from around the MLR. So like Dave, I went with a lock, but I went uh, with a former Grikos man, the 2021 forward of the year, Mr. Johan Momsen from Rugby Love ATL. That. The man is a beast. He's a talisman. He already kind of plays for our second cousins anyway. Right. So like somehow in the contract, he's like in the outer reaches of the family. Um, I don't know. I haven't watched enough of him individually because I got to be honest with you guys. I don't know about you, but I don't particularly zone in on the locks all the time during the game. It's kind of hard to, you know, but, um, you know, he, he also does, he kind of gets nasty a little bit on the edge. Remember, I believe he was the guy that like, um, Jesse Peretti was shoving around and McDowell had like pulled his Jersey over his head. So, you know, he can scrap. He's not afraid, um, to do the dirty work and, you know, no discredit. I, I mean, Vandenhoven and, and O'Gorman were great, mm -hmm. but, we kept switching out those those locks. I, I feel like we had, hey, we had our team captain and we had our solid and, and he's there every week. And then we just kept kind of rotating. And I know that O'Gorman can also play in the loose, but man, I just having another beast of a talisman. And then as Dave will, well, uh, you know, I will say the front row is very important in winning your scrum, but you need a you need a solid engine room, man. And at some points we were getting pushed around a little bit. And it's because I think we lack some beef, man. And so you just need to bring in bring in the beef. And that guy's a big, big dude. And I'm pretty sure him and Scott Matthew got to know each other from Greekos. So I was just gonna say yeah. that I'm sure that they have a connection. I'm sure he's had a he's probably reached out to him in the offseason and said, Hey, yeah. how you like Boston? Yeah. He's a, a little he's cold a unit. Yeah, the dude is yeah. dude is yoked yeah scared. so johan momsen from rugby atl is my dream signing from mlr speaking of yoked let's go to david what have you got <laughs> i don't know how i'm yoked but I, i'll take it uh and yeah uh i've already reached out to Co coach matthew his previous team the greek was mm -hmm. they were in the final this this year it was the first time they were in a final since 1970 Wow. And they lost to a team that's never ever won before who had a worse record than them. It, it, like the the mirror in his mind of his rugby life right now must be uh must be tough. But anyway, dream signing from the MLR, it's an obvious one for me. Nate Brakeley. And I uh, okay. I'm going back to Phil. Yeah. I, I I hate to say the New York player, but I mean Nate, what are you even doing in New York? You're from Marblehead. 
You're yep. from the town I spent most of my adult life right next to. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be in New York, you, especially because you're not in New York. Let's face it. You're in New Jersey. Come back. Come back. He's Quincy been there for the a long ocean. time. Come though. back. You've got 28 yeah. caps for the Eagles and counting and probably some more soon this summer. Nate, gotcha. come be a free jack. We want you. <laughs> you are born to be us. Nate Bozo played Redley. against him. Isn't that right, Bozo? No, 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 no. I didn't play against him. I, I played with him on an okay. all-star selection team oh, way okay. back in 2008. So he is a St. John's. Oh, I did play against him in high school at Saint John's. when he played St. John's. Of course. So, so he's a, yeah, he is a local guy. But I will say, as far as I know, um, because in playing uh, men's D1 at the time and around, he pretty much graduated Dartmouth and moved right to New York. Like, he mm-hmm. he did not. He was never mulling around with the wolfhounds or mystics. So in big all, mistake. in a little bit of credit to the man, <laughs> yes, he, he, yeah, big in hindsight. Yes. But in credit to the man, he did move to New York, played uh, a stalwart for the New York. Athletic we miss Club. you, Nate. We're here. Come on back. Steve. We're all here. Ask. Him. I don't Come disagree. On. This is a very nice pick. I like how we got three locks right in a row. Phil, you're the, you're the zag. We're all I, I'm, over I'm here. the we're natural the lock out of everybody. And I didn't pick one. How about that? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move over to a player from another league around the world, a professional that's not currently in MLR. And my pick for this is going to be, I actually started out with, I'll, I'll tell you who I started out with. This is not my pick, but I put Danny Cipriani in there, but I, he's got a lot of baggage. So I thought, but he is unattached. Okay. He's a free agent. So that I will say that, but my actual pick is AJ McGinty. He just signed a contract with uh, Bristol Bears, but the USA Eagles starting fly half would be the ideal replacement if Waka was to leave the Jacks. The 32-year-old has been money at Sharks and Connick before that. I imagine that we will see him in MLR at some point, and I would love for that to be in a Jacks jersey. He pretty much single-handedly helped USA beat Scotland. And I was there at that game for the first time ever that USA beat a Tier 1 nation in Houston about four years ago at this point. Dave, who you got? That's a great That's a great pick. I uh, went with a fly half as well, but I went in a little different direction. I went with Italy fly half Paolo Girobisi, who mm. plays for Montpelier in the top 14, actually just won the championship with them. Um, and is young. He's only 22 years old. Uh, and um, if I could have somebody to come in and, and you know, uh, I was thinking, like, who who would be so big that, like, even Bodine Waka might have to back him up, right? Or could replace Waka if he left. And that's right. kind of what I landed on. This is a pretty unrealistic signing. It's going to be hard to draw the guy who's winning the top 14 down. Yeah. But... We're allowed to be, you know, he's contemporary. He's out there. I mean, he's only 22. So maybe if not now, hey, maybe in 10 years, I'll get my, uh, I'll get my, my. Is he starting there, Dave? Is he starting there at Montpelier? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I believe so. Yeah. Unrealistic then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's he's pretty, he's pretty, he's he's kind of a Cadillac. Yeah. Um, But that's my guy. If dream signing, I think that's who I'd have. He's exciting. He's young. He's fast as hell. Um, You know, I think he would fit uh, really well with uh, the team we have fair enough bozo who you got all right we mentioned uh this name on on the podcast before and we've actually put it i think he won a came from like out of nowhere and voting on graphics uh if you'll remember mr joseph marler oh, uh, yes. harlequin's man i just yeah. think that 
him. I think they they both play uh, loose head prop. Am I correct, Joe, uh, Dave? Him and uh, Kyle. So yeah. whatever. But he, I mean, it's MLR and the guy's coming from the premiership and he's a prop. So he can probably slide over to tight head. I just think that he would be a great veteran uh, presence in the front row to help develop our younger talent. And then just the social media stuff with him and Kyle, it would just be unreal. Like totally. he could literally mentor yeah. Kyle and be like, Hey man, you're already kind of a personality, like your natural stuff here. Just get in the front of the camera and get with me. It would be like a big brother, little brother, like bash brothers kind of thing it's going true. on. Um, yeah, I'd love to see it. So that would be my, just for, just for the fun of it. I mean, I, I mean, I know that Dave might get a little upset at this. I, I don't think props have that great of an, they can, but in terms of like impact player, I, I would go with your two picks over, uh, over uh this pick for as far as like impact on the matches no but just listen. for like the social media buzz exactly. saw it would be like i'd take he it all day plus the- i think he'd do this show i yeah. think he would and that so would be sick. Be, i think so oh and by the way you know I've, I've said this every time we've ever brought up joe marl on this show but you know when we did this last year we had these graphics and we set up a bracket and stuff like that and people voted on who they wanted to win we'll do that same thing this year but by the way joe Mauler was the because i tried to tag everybody that was involved he was the only one that was liking our post on social media about him advancing and stuff like Ooh. that so he has the perfect personality for america in general the guy's just a, kind of a funny, you know, great guy. Uh, he would be fantastic over here. Um, he seems like a, a New Jersey or an LA guy, but man, I would love him on the Free Jacks. Who you got? Well, they got I don't think they got salary cap room. I, we need to we need to look ah. over those books. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Send them over here. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. We got plenty of room. Well, well, Joe Marler uh, is still making plenty of of money and is is still lined up for England. Like he he he's not on the downside yet. Some people might say so, but uh, he he's starting for England at Twickenham every time. He, he's and somebody just said like, you don't expect a, a a a prop to take over a game or change your whole team. Oh no no no, George. Uh, Joe Marler will do that. Like he's playing at a level where he's just doing stuff where like there are people trying to tackle him and there's two people on him and he's holding somebody else off and he's meanwhile talking to the ref and is like, Hey, by the way, do you see what this guy's doing right now? Cause he's not allowed to do that. Like he's administrating <laughs> the game and refereeing it while he's playing it better than everyone around him. So, so I mean, he's one of my favorite players of all time. Um, when Phil put out the, uh, the 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 list of prompts for this one of the things he said was uh outside of the league uh potential signings and then he said realistic (laughs) so i can't i can't put joe marler on that realistic list yet but you know who i got nathan hughes have any of you seen nathan hughes plays yeah oh my gosh he's he's six he's six conservatively six foot five he's probably six 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 foot six he's 278 on their site which means he's probably 290 like he's a giant and uh for some reason he's playing with bristol bears and they were like you know what and he had a he had a bad run for like 10 or 12 months and they were like we don't want you anymore they sent him to literally a developmental squad like a so-and-so rfc team they were like you know what you have to go play with this team that's not even professional and he could have quit and been like okay fuck y'all i'm sorry are we swearing on this <laughs> no, you're good, you're good. <laughs> he, he could have been like fuck y'all uh i'm done i i'm nathan hughes i'm fine 
No, he was like, oh, this is my chance to get myself back. Mm-hmm. He did it. Then he got signed by Bath. They gave him like a, you know, a week contract, one of those incredibly rare, mm-hmm. teeny tiny contracts. And he slaughtered it. And then since then, he's just been back on form. And he's he's 31. So next year, he'll be 32, which is Bodine's age, I think, this year. That's a great age for players to come here to the MLR where they're not they're not cooked. But, you know, in England, they're, they're like, well, we don't know. Nathan Hughes, man, he would change our team or any team incredibly from from word one. Pretty sure that uh, Nathan Hughes is the same Nathan Hughes that played for Wasp back in the day. He's an he eight man, right? Yeah, he is. OK, yep. So he's a great player. That's a fantastic he's pick. a giant among men. I will say that Joe Marler seems a lot older than he is. He's only 31 years old, which is the same age as Juggy Five, who's our oldest player. Bodie yep. Walker, by the way, by the way, I just looked it up. Only 28 years old. Um, he will be 29 really? in January. Yeah, yeah, pretty At crazy. 94? To think about. Wow. 94, yeah. yeah, I was way yeah. off on that. I thought he was uh, 31 last year. Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, I think but I can yeah. hear him kicking his locker down in New Zealand right now. He's like, "What the?" <laughs> <laughs> He's not watching this. Uh, no. Let's move right along here. Uh, storm right along. We're storming, storming right along. Storming right along. Too. I've finished my beer, by the way. Uh, 8.8%. I don't have a storm along. I'm sorry. This actually Ran tastes out. like uh, champagne. It has a very champagne-like taste. So we're, we're celebrating here, gentlemen. The end of the season is upon us. Um, let's talk about the Dream Kit sponsor. So this is something that we did last year and we're pretty successful at. Last year, we specifically picked brands that were either headquartered in Boston or the New England, Massachusetts area, or were synonymous with New England. Um, we had brands like Dunkin' Donuts, um, Boston Beer Company, which is uh, Sam Adams, a couple other ones too. Uh, John Hancock and Boston Scientific, I think, or one of those companies. Boston yes, dynamic. There you go. Um, this one we are saying it's a it can be a national or international brand, so beyond just the Boston landscape here. So actually, um, for this one, I actually asked Dave, uh, David, aka Dan from Quincy, a while back, who he would rather have on uh, as the Free Jacks owner as a curveball question. I said either Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, and it got me thinking then that SpaceX. Uh, the logo would be sick on our kit. And who doesn't like space exploration and rockets? I think that would be an awesome kit sponsor. Um, Dave, I'll throw it to you for your dream kit sponsor. I went in a different direction. I picked Nike. Because what I was thinking was if Nike got, they they might even have a small rugby business or bought one or Mm -hmm. something. But if Nike really got into it, uh, as a ba- as a main sponsor for the league, did all the kits in the league, and then put not just their brand but their marketing know-how for sports apparel and uniform design, and collaborated with all the teams. Um, I think you could have a really big um, marketing push, and it would really be a win-win for them, where they'd have you know a market open up, and the MLR um, teams at large, but the Free Jacks specifically. Um, could really benefit from that. So that would be interesting. I think, you know, out of the big companies, Adidas does have a little bit of a rugby uh, presence, but Nike, like I've always wondered, like, where are they with the rugby uh, brands and stuff like that? It doesn't seem to exist, unfortunately. Bozo, who you got? Yeah, I went in a completely different direction. I think I'm <laughs> way off base here, but try to follow my Bozo logic. I'm going with B dubs. 
Buffalo Wild Wings. Why not? <laughs> Everybody likes chicken tendies. Everybody likes wings. We need a food sponsor. The food at the place is good, but you know what, dude? If I rolled up and I can get 20 different style of wings at the games, I'm styling, dude. I'm grabbing my $5 storm along. I'm getting eight different type of chicken tendies. I'm up in the I'm up in the lantern suites. It's Buffalo Wild Wings. And Buffalo Wild, Wild Wings. It's all the paper things. Like there's there's no plates. There's no glasses. Like that's right. it's all yeah, that's what I mean. it's, it's perfect, brilliant. man. I just want to watch rugby and scream and be like have chicken tendies stuff flying out of my mouth everywhere. Like, I don't know, man. Could we Crazy. get like a cheese curd shotgun bazooka, like an old school <laughs> arquebus, just like a big old just blasting cheese curds Dude, into it's the crowd. Party time! It's party time. We're here for a good time, not a long time. So Love it. That's what Love I'm it. saying. B dubs. I know it's strange. It doesn't go with our color scheme at all. Right. Um, the, the buffalo is not a New England thing at all. Um, but I'm just like, sure it is. Sure it is. Why not? Why not? I tell you what. So, before yeah, we get to does, David, man. I wanted to mention to you guys. You know, uh, my girlfriend and I, people that do not eat meat so whatsoever, we actually ended up on our first date going to a Buffalo Wild Wings because I wanted to watch South Carolina play Vandy during our date. I know I'm, I'm, I'm a catch for sure. Um, and I was like, we, there's nobody that's playing the game, so we had to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and watch it before we went to our, our concert, which was really our true like first date uh, thing. But we went to a Buffalo Wild Wings and had a salad that had cheese on it. We had to pick the cheese cheese off you know <laughs> yeah yeah she must have been really really impressed with me but uh yeah who, who was vegan first you or her i was first yeah she was vegetarian oh. for a long time but i was i'm six years in at this point six or Dang. seven yeah yeah yeah, yeah she was uh, vegetarian for like a decade but only switched to vegan within like the past four the years the idea so. that you you chose a wild wings to go to <laughs> I, that's where they were playing the game man listen i'm at party time man. That's right. It's part priority. And That's then listen, brilliant. even if you're vegan, just pick the cheese out, go forward, be dubs. Right. Let's go. Sponsor the free jets. <laughs> uh, love it. What you got? Well, you know, I I sat here and was like, oh, what what's the funniest thing? We've already covered dunks, so y'all mm -hmm. have already done that. Like, what was the ma most Massachusetts company? And I realized I landed on a non-funny answer. Okay. Not usually my MO, but General Electric, GE, mm. you've been here in Massachusetts. It's been your home for effing decades. You are the single biggest company that's based in Massachusetts. What are you doing? Get hey, some money. And national brand, though, for sure. Yeah, it falls Exactly. Everyone on company. Earth, much yes. less the United States, knows GE. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows that you have a GE product in your home right now no matter who you are and where you are ge get on board let's do it get that ge right in the middle i wouldn't mind that 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 would be fantastic a shocking pick there if i could just use some electrical uh <laughs> jokes uh -huh. i've probably i've probably played on ge field in lynn a dozen exactly. times in my life mm. playing against north shore that was wow. it's not anymore now they play out of salem um but uh for a salem, long, long time my, my they played out of lynn yeah, and and I think they're at Salem High School now. That's where they were last time I um, wow played against them. Um, but uh, yeah, they were they played out yeah, of Lynn. Yeah, the factory's right there in in, in Lynn. Almost like the, the 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 resonance of people who are employed by GE just in that North Shore mm -hmm. area. It's incredible. Yeah. Get on board, GE. 
We're calling you right now. <laughs> if any of these sponsors want to join, make sure you contact the Free Jacks. Uh, that would be fantastic. But uh, yeah, that summarizes and it closes up shop for our Outriders off-season special here, guys. It's been a good one, very memorable one. And now it's up to me to create some graphics that we'll try to spread out throughout the entire off-season and have some fun with that. So, yeah. Phil, Phil, yes. what's your biggest fear going into this off-season? Like, it was such a bitter, such a bitter pill we had to swallow with this goofball, badly officiated conference final, followed by the worst-case scenario in the actual final. Uh, like, uh. What, what yeah, do you think you're asking the questions, Bill? <laughs> actually, I'm okay with it because he, he actually brings up a point that I'm, I almost just exited the video without us giving our overall um, mm. thoughts on the season. So I appreciate you saving my butt there. Um, ultimately, I think it's the worst fear that you have as a free Jackson. I mean, this is something that we talked yeah. about it for weeks and yep. weeks and weeks. You yep. don't want to play New Jersey because if they beat you, it, you know, it, it makes you bitter. And then they go on to win the championship. They, they lift up the trophy. I actually heard, I didn't watch the game. I didn't even watch the highlights. I was watching baseball, but I heard that the, the referee made a couple of mistakes as well in that one too. But uh, yeah, it's just not, it's just not a good look. I mean, ultimately the free Jacks, we had a great season, right? Uh, we exceeded my expectations of just making the playoffs. We were actually hosting the conference final and had it all in front of us, but it just crumbled. Uh, you know, so unfortunately, I think uh, we're going into the offseason, you know, hurt and sad and angry yeah. um, with time. what took place. So ultimately, I think over the next couple of months, we have to kind of center ourselves and realize it was an excellent season. I'm sure some people are saying that right now, but it's, it's going to be in the back of our mind for a while that we lost. Yeah to New Jersey and they then won the shield. It, it hurts, man. Uh, what are y'all, what are y'all's thoughts? I'm, I loved it. I, I, I thought it was incredibly fun. The season was amazing. They set records. Um, obviously losing wasn't fun. And, um, the, the way that the loss came, uh, we've already talked about that. It was really frustrating, but that's, those are things that the team can't control coaches, players, that's outside of your control. You, you can't get hung up on that. I think um, you have to look at, did we do what we could? Um, and I'm sure that, you know, from a coaching standpoint, there's things they could, they would correct in those matches. But when you uh, zoom out a little bit, as coach Rogers talked about, and mm -hmm. you look at the big picture that this is year one of a three year push and they got more than they could have expected as coaches, Mike and Scott did, out of these re this really talented group of players that they then made some additions to and enhanced even more. And when you think that most of the pieces are still in place for the next two years and how promising that is, uh, to me, the season was a huge success. Um, and... Uh, you know, I'm I'm bitter about it. I would I refuse to pick Chance Wengluski earlier because I'm because I'm bitter. You know, but um, when I am looking at the team, I'm not bitter, right? Like mm, I right. I'm not doesn't 100%. bother me at all that things went the way that they did. I think making it to the finals, the second year of competing in the a full season of the league, is is an awesome awesome result. Uh, setting records uh, I mean other than other than winning that game and then one more what more could you ask for uh, right. from this team it was a huge huge success in my book 
I just before anybody else jumps in here, I wanted to say, um, you know, we were talking about bitterness. I've got uh, Matt McCarthy's scalp laying around here somewhere. He came at me online, you know, uh, saying that how bitter we were and all this, uh, you know, has the wounds not healed yet? And then I proceeded to absolutely eviscerate him. So, um, yeah, uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Just a bitter Boston fan. That, uh, no, man, the, wo- the wounds have not healed. No, yeah, no, yeah. the answer is no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anybody got anything I made else? it through all the stages of grief. Um, my reflection on the season is, you know, I mean, hey, you can you can start to see not just the coaching prowess, but the people listening to Coach Rogers and and Coach Matthew, especially when when Coach Matthew was like, hey, it was just um, not our moment. It wasn't our time. We weren't ready for this type of thing. Um, and that got me thinking about that, man. I, I it's weird. I don't know. Maybe it's weird, but. Again, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't sleep. And I thought about that. And I thought about um, th- this kind of concept. You run out of moments. And we ran out of moments this year. Mm-hmm. We all talked about it. 13 and 3, right? It's way better than any of us on this panel predicted that we would be. Yep, that's right. Um, for, for various reasons. And to be quite fair, if you really objectively go back and you look at some of the games, some of those games we maybe didn't deserve to win. But we had some moments and we and we achieved and we we kind of expended our moments, right? We we drew from that bank too many times and we just ran out of moments and it just wasn't our time. And and that and that's okay. And that's my reflections on on the team. And and like you guys have said, I'm I'm not mad at the team, man. I see all those guys. I'm like, dude, thank you for the amazing ride that I got to go on as a fan. I got to participate on this podcast and week after week just dancing on people's graves how we won. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like dancing on McCarthy's grave as we won and like, you know, rubbing it in um, you know, just whatever, just rubbing it in people's faces. I got to dude, I don't can't tell you how many times I the people at TRN got they know this face. You see this face? When they see this face, they're like, uh oh, he's coming for us again. <laughs> one of my one of my college rugby buddies was like, dude, stop trolling TRN. Stop it. And I'm like, no, they're garbage. That's French for Never. garbage, if you didn't know. Never. Anyway, um, but the other thing that I wanted to say is I, I am kind of worried a little bit. I, I'm not worried for the overall future of the league, but I'm very concerned about what's gonna go forward with the jabronis and the weenies. As far as the ownership state, I know it's not a free jacks thing, but listen, man, it's it's a league thing. They're two teams yeah. that they're franchises in the league. It's important. That's a lot of players. You know, some players probably don't care. They're like, hey, I can go play pro somewhere else. I'm, I don't yeah. care. But um, that that's a weird thing. And then as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to go on a tiny rant here. I'll try to keep it to like a minute or less. But with the refereeing, man, Derek, I think his name is Derek Summers. He was the man in the middle and the final. He was one of our assistant referees. And then that weird dude with the like landing strip blonde hair was also an AR in our Eastern conference final. And he was working the final. Why would you put the garbage guys in again? Stop it. Give me some Scott green. I didn't see the man. What are you doing? Like, I I don't think that the refs like terrible calls in the finals, like gave New York the final. That's not what I'm saying. And then we, we already beat the dead horse with how, you know, maybe you could minus a try from New York and it's a little bit closer and whatever, but like, come on, like, they're missing brutal stuff. And it was really, really evident. And today they did a, a TRN did an excellent tribute to uh, Andy Ellis uh, uh, showing how effective he was. And they did a really great job. That was awesome. But if you watch the video, the guy drops the ball forward, then passes, it gets tackled. And the ref's like, it was a knock on by Seattle. 
get out of here with that nonsense. We got to get the refereeing thing under control. Like guys, they got to go to the TMO more, all that other stuff. That that's all I'll say about that. Th- those are the two things that I'm worried about for the future. But as far as this team is concerned, I'm not really worried about anything. Yeah. We've got great coaching staff coming back. TK is a is a madman, dude. We're over here like, oh, what's Genius. our dream signing and what's this? Right. Dude, TK is playing like 3D chess down there. <laughs> yeah. In the He's, He's already, already got three it. steps ahead of us, man, for sure. He's like, dude, you move there, checkmate. You move over here, checkmate. You move over here, checkmate. You move over here, fork, I win material. I'm yeah. he, like, he's like those guys. If you watch the Twitch streamers with the chest and they're like marking up the board and how fast, and you're like, oh, yeah. He, like, right. That's you nailed TK, it, my friend. So, I'm not worried about that. So I'm a very, very excited for next year. Very excited for the offseason. Uh, yeah, let's go, Free Jacks. Love Huzzah. it, man. Absolutely. Well, with that being said, gentlemen, um, I'm going to say one word. And I don't think anybody can type it in the chat. I pause about that. I, I screwed something up somehow. But maybe we'll, we'll make it up to you next time. But uh, for everybody else, uh, I've got one word for everybody in three, two, one. Huzzah. 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 You have huzzah on your... Let's go. Huzzah. Let's go, Dave. Let's see if Let's I can. Ride. There it is. Look Get out of here, Dave. I got the magic. Uh... <laughs> Dave's All not right. sharing his secret either. He ain't telling us how he did it. <laughs> yeah. All right, gents. Appreciate you. All right, Rangers. Tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Interact with us on social media. We continue to post graphics. Uh, now that the season is over with, we will have the graphics from these segments throughout the summer. We're going to be voting on some of those in a tournament style like we did last year. In addition to that, we're, we're creeping ever so close to 60 subscribers on YouTube. If you're listening to the show right now, go ahead and subscribe, like, and comment on some of our videos on YouTube. We would appreciate that. You can see all of the audio segments in video form on YouTube. If you have not given us a five-star review on the platform of your choice, how you're listening to the show audibly, please do that. We would greatly appreciate that as well. After this, we're going to go on a little bit of a break. We will be back in the month of July with at least one or two episodes with interviews, stuff like that. So don't think that the Jacks Rangers show is over with by any means, just because it's the off season. We're just getting cranked up guys. So we appreciate you riding along with us. I got one word to get us out of here. Make sure you're staying at home kids in three. Two, one, huzzah! Woo!